keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I'm here with Robert and Scott. Mike's going to be joining us a little later. we got a big show today, our Royal Rumble review. Uh, first off, I want to start out by uh, saying, uh, Scott, have you seen the Osprey-York Hall match yet? Apparently, it's unbelievable. No, I heard it's the best. Yeah, can't Dude, wait. Dude, I swear, it was so I didn't know what my high spot was going to be. And I was just like, well, I'm going to watch that match today, and then that will be it. And then I didn't get to watch it. I can't find it. So if you, if you find it, let, let me know. Um, but we got a lot to talk about today. First off, the Royal uh, Rumble, 2022 Royal Rumble. There's a lot of news stories coming from it. Um, in in my, my thoughts generally, which, you know, it seemed like our Facebook group and, and Twitter was not a big fan um, I thought the undercard, I, I really enjoyed the undercard. I, I didn't love the men's rumble, which um, seems to be, you know, it seems like across the board, people didn't like the men's rumble. People have different feelings about the undercard, but let's get right into it. Uh, match of the night started out the show, Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Seth was on fire during this match, came out in his old shield gear. I really liked the finish, man, with the, with the chair. I thought it was like full circle shit. And my big note for this was, oh, man, I really hope that they're not going to do this at the next Saudi show. And they're not going to do it. So when they decide to do it again, whether that's, you know, next year's SummerSlam or or whatever, there'll they'll be a story there. Scott, what did you think about this match? Oh, yeah, this was definitely match of the night. This was one of my favorite Roman matches ever. Mm-hmm. I know I did see some people, you know, I, I think people get mad because there's so many DQs in WWE. Yeah. Uh, especially in big title matches. But this made complete sense. It was so poetic. It was it was a really, really well told story. And yeah, man, this is WWE's match of the year as of now. Yeah, which means like and, Seth and in terms of WWE, man, row. it's going to be hard to top something like that because you're not getting Brian Danielson kind of matches there. So you're only getting these storytelling matches. And and I, 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 I thought this was badass. I don't know what people's issue with this was. This I is think how in you the do ring, DQ. Seth is probably this is fine. The, it makes sense. It's fine. Seth in the ring is probably the best in WWE, right? Oh, dude, that's my I, I had one note and it was the beginning of the match was fantastic because it was a Seth Rollins match. Then it got slow because Roman Reigns was in control. Then it got good again because, you know, that the story really took over. Yeah, I love Seth that. Is, Seth is the, you know, in ring, Seth is one of the best in, in the world. It's- Absolutely. It's a shame that uh, him and Osprey are so bad at Twitter because they could really tear it up together. Robert, what did you think of this match? I don't think Twitter I, I, is holding them back. I, th- I think <laughs> no. we can all agree 
this will probably be match of the year until Veer debuts. Uh, <laughs> and then it's going to be nothing but five-star matches for the rest of the year. I heard I really don't debuted. think they're going to debut. I heard debuted. No, no. Dark match. No, dark match. That, that doesn't count. When he debuts on Raw and the ratings surpass Attitude Era, Scott, and the heavens open and a light shines down, you will know when Veer has debuted. Wait, Robert, it's- he wrestled already, right? That was a yes. different Veer. That was a different Indian Veer. Is he good? Is he worth hey, when we no, talk about Kane, we don't talk about Isaac Yankum. He's the he's the guy who was the the uh, the impetus behind that million dollar arm movie with John Hamm. Like he's the he's the real guy. He was a pitcher in India who who was uh, like. By an the way, all pitcher. the wrestling we've seen from Veer has been terrible. But oh, Veer is going to be the fucking. He's going to be the he's shit. Real, a real life pitcher from India. Yeah, they made a movie about his life. And now he's this guy. Um, Why don't you anyway, make him that guy? That guy sounds interesting. The, the guy be, he is. Because WWE is really good at casting people incorrectly for the most part. This match, uh, the Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins he, he should be the new knuckleball Schwartz. Um, I think. Um, how much more paint do you want to put on this poor guy's face that he already has to wear every week? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's rough. He already looks like a national geographic cover with like the, the, awkwardness that they put this man through um roman and seth was great because my biggest concern going into it was they were positioning roman as a baby face and the crowd immediately forgot like on smackdown before that roman is killing it as the head of the table and they just went back to this guy's pretty boring and we're gonna boom and it was by design and it's one of the rare times where WWE did exactly what they needed to do. They were forced into this match because of Roman's COVID diagnosis. They needed to put somebody in there and you needed to make it where Roman was the baby face and Rollins was the heel. But at the end of the match, Roman was the biggest heel in the company again. And they did it perfectly. Rollins played his role great. The shield gear was awesome. He was on another level of trolling. The powerbomb spot through the table where he did the one-man shield powerbomb spot looked awesome. The crowd organically turned on Roman during the match and and started, you know, kind of supporting Rollins. So when you get to that fuck finish, the audience is rabid and angry. This was done perfectly. You couldn't have pulled this off any better uh, with these two guys. It was uh, it was incredible. And Mike agrees. He's nodding his head violently up and down uh, at how amazing this uh, Roman Reigns Seth Rollins was. Well, we, got three, we got three thumbs up. Mike, what did you think of this match? Well, I knew that Robert was talking about WWE when the first thing I hear is this was perfect. It could have been done better. <laughs> uh, I just, okay, first off, I want to say fuck you. Um, you guys did a Peacemaker $10 tier episode. We told me. you. We told we you. We were waiting for you to join. Dan's like, Mike's going to be on any yeah, second, like so we're just killing time okay, talking okay, first for off, 45 minutes. my time, that I don't get to watch and review, but the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll be doing the last three episodes of Peacemaker, and you'll be our guest of honor. Nice. Damn I feel, right. I, feel I haven't like seen this new episode theme, yet. I'm excited. The, the theme song for Royal Rumble should be, do you really, do you really want to watch this? <laughs> Dude, how great is that fucking opening of the Peacemaker? The I, I, re- I rewatched that like once a day. I love it. Yeah. I, All I, right, I, keep I, going, Mike. Um, no, this match was fine. I wouldn't have opened with it. I think it's weird to start on a screw finish and then obviously like seeing where it goes after it. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like if we judge this Saturday night, I think it'd be a little different than judging it Monday night where now it's like Seth is just in the elimination chamber. 
Um, so, because I really thought like, oh, well, this will lead to Mike, a the Elimination Chamber is an opportunity at the it's, title. It's actually, Wait, what is it? You know, it's it actually, do you hear? It's the Elimination Chamber opportunity now. So if you win the Elimination Chamber opportunity, you can get into an Elimination Chamber match. <laughs> but also, but shouldn't he get a rematch since he won this match? He won. He's the winner. He didn't win. Yeah, he did. The winner was Seth Rollins by DQ. Oh, yeah, by DQ. Well, yeah, that's why he gets to be in the The winner is the guy who's standing tall at the end. That's uh, that's Vince McMahon's credo in business and life. Yeah, but Mike, he's not on. (laughs) That's why he loves going to funerals. That that that's what that's 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 why that's why uh, D'Lo beat uh, draws. But anyway. We were watching uh, some old Dilo last week, and uh, we were watching. We were watching versus, We watched Dilo versus Draws, like the than the SmackDown pilot, and it was. Dude, what is this planet good? you two live on that me and Mike are unaware of? You watch <laughs> what SmackDown? Scott, Scott, it's, called, it's called. It's called, it's the, called the planet of. Tier. It's called the planet of not talking to our wives. Yeah. Yes, it, it's hey. the something to sports entertainment with and avoid social interaction with our spouses. Hey. Russell Rhodes divorce edition. Hey, Scott and Mike, don't watch The Rock in their prime. Here's this Brandy Rhodes Dan Lambert promo. <laughs> well, we gotta we'll get into oh, that. We'll, we'll get there. Rock on his prime never delivered like Brandy did, but uh, uh, I mean look, I had a blast watching that. Like even yeah, though no, we'll get there. I, I thought this I thought that this was fine, but it did feel like every WWE main event. Uh I just yeah, I would have I would have opened on uh Beth uh and and edge uh versus Miz and Maurice because at least it's a clean finish and it, it felt like a fun opener. I, I, I agree. It was a dark match. I, I agree that the placement, uh, but the thing about Roman, he's already said he will only open and close shows because he's the head of the table. Yeah, he um, will only open and close companies. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, on to the women's rumble. Look, technically, I didn't think this was a good match, but I thought it was super exciting. Like I was entertained the whole time. Uh, like there was a there was like entertained for good reasons and bad reasons. Like I thought the superhero spot was really fun. I do think there's something about Nikki Ash being this heel superhero. Uh, I thought the Kelly Kelly potch was fun for the different direct. I mean, I have, like I thought that Tamina bunch botch was bad from raw last week. And then Kelly Kelly was like, hold my beer. Cause I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's like a cartwheel to fucking nowhere. It is <laughs> astonishing. Um, and I think the, Tamina the, was on receiving end of that too. I mean, the Tamina botch is just them renewing her contract. <laughs> really, She's basically uh, Milton from office space. I, I do think there were some missed opportunities here. Uh, I loved Sasha throwing out Molina, but I thought that the story they were telling, and maybe they didn't want to tell this because they have to do the elimination first, would be Sasha eliminates all these legends, and then Lita eliminates her, and then Sasha gets her win back at WrestleMania. Like that makes the most sense for me, but you know, it the the show had like two goals. Well, that that um, was one of my main complaints about the women's Royal yeah. Rumble match, which was yeah, Scott, what Sasha, do you think Sasha got eliminated too early. Other than that, it's like, yeah, dude, these rumble matches are never like spectacular especially the women's rumble matches. And in terms of surprises, I liked it for the surprises. I liked the Molly Holly moment with Nikki ASH. I liked Lita being there. I know it wasn't a surprise that people knew she was going to be there. Uh, and she looked so much better than a lot of the legends they brought back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, half of these people, it's like the crowd doesn't even know who they are. Maybe more than half. Right. But the ones from 2000, 
eight they knew you know so that, that was cool yeah and, and, and i, I, lo- like- I love the opening uh, of being sasha and and melina i thought that was really cool and in terms of her like throwing her out immediately i don't know if she can work if she can yeah maybe well, she, she can win. she's working right now but yes. I don't know oh, what well, the then, yeah are. they probably should have wrestled a little longer yeah i thought oh and also like it has to be said like Rhonda was super rusty, man. I mean, she was so great in that first inaugural WrestleMania 34 match. The one thing she did get better was pointing at the sign. It was a lot less awkward than the first time she and it burst into, into flames. flames. <laughs> it burst into flames. Well, yeah, I a guess witch. She's a witch. I guess no, the witches uh, deliver better promos. Watch WandaVision. The sign. The sign was connected to Meltzer's frontal lobes. So now, 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 now Robert, I just want to see Ronda Vision. <laughs> She's it's a just, witch and a robot. It's just and it's, nobody's. It's, vaccinated. it's all blurry because of CTE. <laughs> the, camera, <laughs> the camera can't focus at all. Uh, but yeah, yeah instead, it, of, it, instead of uh, Agatha, it was Nunez all along. <laughs> yeah, this was this was an entertaining, not good match. You know, like, but an entertaining in a different way, like. Then I think, you know, the Brandy Dan Lambert segment was entertaining, which we'll talk about later on. Like they did, they set it out to make entertaining and they, and they did make it entertaining. Um, Robert, what did you think about this before we get to Mike? So as far as women's Royal Rumbles go, this was great on that scale because for a Royal Rumble, we'll get to him against the men's Royal Rumble. This Rumble had returning people not all legends but just like people from the past like i found myself like as an old man being like oh she still looks good for her age like i'm turning i'm preparing myself for my retirement community in del boca vista he was actually uh, talking about edge and beth phoenix's kids it was really creepy hey, it was, it was a little thing. creepy ivory could be all of our moms and she looked incredible ivory, when, when when landstorm told me ivory's in her 60s i was blown Un- away dude she looked unbelievable and she cut a fucking great promo she cut oh, a yeah, great ivory, saying, ivory rules. you made that was my such good use of a lot of the people that you brought back to get that that little pop i am disappointed you had cameron you had melina you had alicia fox you should have put the three of them in the same ring at the same time for the tough enough callback that would have been <laughs> the ultimate highlight in the history of of this but it's that like you brought back. just them all staring at each other and the, the, like like they're gonna get a uh like a like a holy shit chant and nobody yes. says anything where, where, where cameron's excited because this was her favorite match of all time uh, and we didn't get that. Reggie was cool with saving Dana Brooke. That was kind of a fun spot. Sonya Deville going out there to go do commentary was fine. The Bella Twins reuniting and, and doing their the Sonya stuff was, I mean, that was like, what is going on there? But uh, it's, it's something, though. At least they're they're doing something with a lot of the women that are, are there. Like we always talked about it with the attitude. I don't like Sonya and Naomi. It's not. And the they, they're at least talent. giving them what to do. Like there was stories within the confines of this match until you got to that final, you know, final four and you had Charlotte, you had Rhea, you had Bianca, you had, you know, Shayna out there. You had people who could have won it. Uh, the most damning thing of the men's rumble was when Mike texted me and it's like, at every point in time, someone should be in there who could theoretically win it. And on the women's side, there were a number of viable candidates and they went with Rhonda and Rhonda was the person to go with because she is the biggest mainstream star available and if they go with ronda and becky you've got charlotte and sasha if you go with ronda and charlotte you've got becky and bianca so you've got two big matches for mania charlotte they don't i don't know if based on i'm looking at raw 
they put a pretty good story together for her going with Becky. No I don't know way. where it's going to go, but no matter which direction they go for WWE for their goal, which is mainstream eyeballs, Ronda was the right choice. As long as you I have a question for, for Scott, like, like obviously Ronda and Becky is the better story, but I'd rather see work rate work work rate wise Ronda and Charlotte, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I think Ronda will do a better job of guiding her. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte. I said Charlotte, right? Yeah, Charlotte would. Yeah. Would. yeah. And Mike, also, what, you're gonna get you're gonna get Ronda Becky uh, next year. Yeah, absolutely. Unless Ronda wants another kid, you never know. Well, yeah, yeah. She wants to be fast and or she really shouldn't be in Fast and Furious again. She should be like in the whole of presidents or something. But she shouldn't have uh, been in Fast and Furious in the first place. Yeah. She should have been a car, maybe a car. Yeah, she noises. She did just, the noises of the cars. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah like she does the I am Groot thing, but for the cars. Yeah, her 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 talking puts me in an ear bar. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Mike, what did you think about this match? I thought it was fine. I mean, I just it really is their nostalgia makes them, and I know I've said this before, but makes them look so bad in hindsight. It's like the member berries weren't even talking. They were whispering. Member Cameron? Member Kelly Kelly? Like, and I think it was like 14 or 15 of the entrants were, you know, uh, surprise, like legends. Uh, and, and look, a few of them, actually are but but a lot of them aren't and i i can't like pop for alicia fox or wait barrett can or michelle mccall i mean look maybe there is a specific like generation that really does think of some of these women fondly but it's also this is your fifth rumble and a lot of them have already been in it because you don't have that many people um I, I think, you know, and we could talk about this in the men's too, but I, I would say a big issue was the complete lack of any NXT. And NXT has really, you know, great women. I would have filled some of those slots with them because... Uh, obviously, you haven't been watching current NXT. But, yeah. but even then, it's like, at least build towards something. You know, they're not... Like, what are what are we getting Probably out Ray's of... great, actually. What, what did you say? I was like Kylie Ray, Kaylee Ray is the British woman's great, but, but but even you know, but even if you put like you know uh, Gigi Dolan, or, yeah, she's she's got a lot of upside. She's very good. But just just to have that there, you know, because it's like the thing is, the Rumble is a thing that people do watch back, and it always feels like a snapshot of where the company was at the time, even like you know twenty years from now, and watching this without any NXT presence and. You know, like if there was one headline from this show, it was there doesn't feel like any hope for the future. Um, and I felt like this match reflected that. If you just keep relying on a Ronda, on a Brock, you're not going to get new people. And then even, you know, Bianca, who was in there so long, didn't do a lot. She, you know, it's like we remember her and she's here, but she didn't actually have a lot of impressive moments. Um, I, I think, yeah, one of the better spots in this match probably was the Cameron, Naomi, um, Sonya stuff, because at least it was a story and at least, you know, it had a beginning, middle and end that you can build onto something else. But I just feel, you know, I do think this was the better of the two rumbles, but, you know, splitting the rumble in two and splitting up your spots and all that has not helped 
uh, rumbles that much, and, and this was. Yeah, we say that, but like two years ago, the one that Drew won, that was like one. Oh of the yeah, best it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and that had a centerpiece, and this didn't feel like it did. And the whole thing of Charlotte's the champion, but she's in there. I, I just, I didn't get. You guys watch every week, so maybe there was a better reason for that. But it really did feel just eliminate her to set something up. But it's like she shouldn't have been in that match. Well, next up we have Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop, and you could kind of hear a pin drop during this. It, it, <laughs> that should be your new name. <laughs> yeah, pin drop. Look, this was a good match that had absolutely no heat. Like, if you actually just watch the match without the sound on, the, both girls worked hard. Um, Dewdrop almost fucking killed herself with that cartwheel into the stairs. Uh, Mike, what did you think about this match? Well, you know, um, as, 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 as Robert will probably – be annoyed that I'm saying it first. There was heat. It just was in the sign. <laughs> He's putting uh, me off. Uh. <laughs> I mean, because this was one that happened, I know, uh, in, in the arena and people were paying attention to that. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, Becky had a definitive win. I thought the fit, look, this was like one of the only clean finishes on the show. Um, I thought that the was the manhandle slam uh, off of the, the rope, you know, was was a cool spot i mean dewdrop is talented but yeah that name it's just name like fucking death man the name sucks, is man. Like, red death yeah it me. sucks critiquing her right you just feel bad because it's like it just one it makes you embarrassed to watch wrestling so i watched becky lynch versus dewdrop dewdrop i know <laughs> like, even a kid doesn't want to say that no <laughs> little kid goes yes, i don't watch dewdrop anymore say, yes you do <laughs> well no i don't well, what was wrong, Robert? You're great at rationalizing terrible things. What was wrong with Piper Niven? They didn't own the rights to Piper Niven, and okay. and Vince thought Dewdrop was hilarious because she was given the name as as part of a kind of a bullying angle with Eva Marie. She was Eva Marie's like trainee, and Eva Marie's like you're because she was Piper Niven in the uh, May Young Classic. Yeah. So like your name's gonna be. Do drop like I'm gonna give you the dumbest name possible because you're gonna be my lackey, and then oh yeah, we fired her in the middle of the storyline and forgot to change the name, and it felt like they were going somewhere with this where they were gonna bring back the Piper Niven name. Oh, it's, it's going to, to a wedding between her and Gunther. That's where it's going. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> Do Drop is way worse than than Gunther, and I say that knowing the origins of Gunther. <laughs> Yes, if any of my ancestors were killed by a dewdrop, I'd feel way more embarrassed. Was that when Brian Kendrick was on creative? <laughs> Gunther is a name to be feared. Dewdrop is like, like the Teletubby writer's room would be like, no, that's too on the fucking nose. No. <laughs> a bunch of fucking sick pedophiles smoking opium coming up with pet Teletubbies. Dan is so jealous they have jobs. There he doesn't. Fucking Dan scorching earth. Now, now two years from now, God damn it, I couldn't get a Teletubbies job because I shouted <laughs> yeah. him on the podcast. What are you talking about? Uh, two years from now, an hour after we're done. Hey Zach, can you edit out that Teletubbies uh, stuff? <laughs> I know the guy. I, I want to. I, I know the. I know the girl. Lala and Poe. I'm working on something yeah. with Lala and Poe. I know the baby in the sun. I think I got yeah. a shot at this job. Pinky Winky is gonna be pissed. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll, I'll ride for the fucking Wiggles. It just doesn't pay the same. <laughs> it's non-union. Scott, what did you uh, think about this match? You know, this is the kind of Royal Rumble title match I'm used to. A, uh, a great champion who will head into WrestleMania as the champion 
versus a, you know, it was like when Brock Lesnar fought Bob Holly. Like, that's yes. what Royal Rumble title matches feel like to me. Scott, are you and saying they should change Dewdrop's name to Dumaga? No, mm-hmm. Hardcore Dewdrop. <laughs> Maybe yeah, Dewdrop. No, man, it happened. You know, it, it, it you, you can blame the sign, but it wasn't the sign, or it wasn't just the that That arena was too big. I'm sure, I'm sure people in that section didn't know it was on fire. Yeah, it wasn't. It, I thought it was like there was going to be flames, but I mean, there was a flame. It was like a flame. Um, Robert, yeah, they what do you think? The section was- out. It was a flame out. Uh, you you booked Becky versus Dewdrop, and and Dan and I, the the miscreants who watch Raw, they couldn't figure out who the baby face and the heel was, or what the story was, and they booked the match. It's not like this is real. It's not like Dewdrop legitimately won a shot. Like they they scripted like, oh, we're gonna put Becky against Dewdrop. And we're going to make Becky the baby face. And then the next week, nah, we're going to make Dewdrop the baby face. And the crowd decided that they weren't going to give a shit and pull a Scott and go walk and get ice cream. And it kind of sucks because they are both talented. They deserved a better platform opportunity, something. And the crowd at the end of the day needs someone to cheer for. And they kind of want to cheer for Becky, even though she's a heel and Dewdrop was fine as a baby face. So they don't, they didn't know what to do when an audience is confused outside of running for their lives from a fireball. Uh, they're going to sit on their hands. And they're going to do nothing. And a, plenty of this crowd sat on their hands and did nothing. You know, what, you know, what sucks too, is that it's like, you know, Nia left. She hurt a ton of people. Dewdrop could be that character of that, that larger size, you know, and she's very, she's a great fucking worker. And then you just give her that name and, 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 you know, have her, come out in a fucking Mick Foley shirt that looks like it was turned into a singlet. She's like if like fucking Bertha Faye went to an extreme home makeover. You know what I mean? She's like the hot Bertha Faye. Yeah, she's like if if, if, if Bertha Faye uh, got dressed by Al Borland. <laughs> Next up, we have our big title fight. Brock versus Lashley. Uh, I, I like this match. I understand that, you know, the criticism of you know, you have a fuck finish with Seth and Roman, then you kind of have a fuck finish here. But, you know, I really enjoyed the Germans in the beginning. Um, and, look, I mean, we kind of knew the end. I, You know, as far as Paul Heyman handing the title, that was like a nice callback to the last crown jewel. Robert, what did you think of this match? I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a physical match. I don't like the ending just from a, a Mark perspective of, I really like Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman, and I was kind of enjoying that little resurgence and hate that we're not going to get that anymore. The story made sense. They they told a long-term story from SummerSlam since Brock's return. They paid it off here. The downside is they have zero direction with Lashley. They don't know what the hell they're doing with this title. They've, again, waffled back and forth with Lashley as a babyface or a heel. They did a video package for this match with Lashley and Brock that was excellent and told their story perfectly and succinctly and then in the end they're like oh we're just going to make Lashley a heel uh, who just takes the win by by cowardice they again this was rebooking everything because of the Roman COVID diagnosis for day one and if you're going to pivot in some way you pivoted to Lashley with Brock which was a fun match that people hadn't seen it was physical it was interesting and and to Scott's point when you have rumble title matches they're kind of supposed to be somewhat pointless because you're trying to build to uh, mania and this built to Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. 
you put the title on Lashley. There's intrigue going forward to some degree with chain with the chamber. This was a win. Scott, what do you think of this match? It 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 was okay. I mean, look, it was two big guys having a, a very good match. Uh, the the finish, I called it. We all called it. We knew it was happening. The problem with it and with the entire show is that the three main matches um, are about one storyline, are about two guys. And it eats it up, and, and hey, whatever, it is, it's a good storyline, and they are really the only two guys worth talking about. But that's because you wrote it that way. So now write other people good so I can enjoy all of it and I don't have to rely on two guys to be involved in every single match I see. They tried to make it all about Shane and look what happened, Scott. So <laughs> Shane's a scapegoat because this, this show, you know, the show didn't work out. Well, we, will, we will definitely get to that in two segments here. But uh, Ms. Um, Mike, what did you think of this match? I mean, yeah, I, you know, uh, to be positive, um, that, yeah, that package was fantastic. And it's like, you watch that in the midst of all this stuff that I'm indifferent to, or, or some of it I just don't like. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why this company can be great. Because, you know, the fact that, like, yeah, I don't watch the weekly TVs. And someone told me this was on the weekly TV already. Yeah. Which that's yeah. a strike against it because then you can't even say that the best Dude, thing. Dude, there were so many packages on the show. show. It was crazy. What'd you say? There's so many packages on the show. It was insane. Oh yeah, I mean, well, that's that's its own issue. The the four hour and the you know AEW has that problem too with the long pay per views. But I, I I thought I mean yeah this was fine. But yeah, the the screwiness and I just I still 17 years later don't well. 18 years later don't like how eddie guerrero won with goldberg coming in and he comes off like an afterthought and i felt lashley felt the same way i think that it diminishes a champion to win in this manner um i think it was worse for eddie because they acted like it was this inspirational thing and he only won because of that and he really should have won clean and and lashley's the heel so it's a little more acceptable but it's still just not that interesting. And then, you know, the next night on Raw, just Brock being like, I want another chance. Okay. Because they cheated. He got screwed. Yeah, but but there's so many times where guys lose and then they don't, like, you know, Demon Balor got screwed by a, a top rope and he didn't get another chance. Oh, he well, got to work a hot Raw program with Austin Theory. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this was fine, but I think both title matches felt like TV matches. They did not feel pay-per-view. Uh, I'm sorry, premium live event worthy. Thank you. Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix, the It Couple versus the Grit Couple. This match was really well put together. It was kind of the victim of its placing, you know, everyone kind of had this thing of like, oh, shit, we got to watch another hour rumble after this. Um, Beth has a really touching uh, post about the match and edge that she posted on Twitter. You know, I mean, like, I thought it was cool that they both they both uh, finished with the Glamazon Slam or whatever the fuck that move's called. Uh, it just <laughs> was, it was just kind of like, you know, it just was, it was too much show. And, you know, people were just, people were tired, man. What did you think of this, Scott? 
I thought this was the right spot for it because you mm-hmm. can just kind of relax while it happens. And it makes the match better when you just hang out and barely pay attention because there are some really cool highlights in the match. Uh, and I think everybody did a good job in it. Everybody. So that's surprising. Yeah, it worked for me. Mike, what do you think of this? Yeah, this is a, this is a perfect, you know, the, the Scott's point, a uh, rumble match. Um, it's fun. It's, you know, it was well done for what it was. It was, it was you know, it might not be something I'd watch again, but it is rewatchable. I mean, you could have even had this on Mania, especially a two-night Mania, um, you know. Uh, but I, I liked it for what it was. Yeah, the uh, the finishers at the end was fun. I mean, it's also crazy, like, so Roman's got a spear, Edge has a spear, Bobby has a spear, Goldberg has a spear, <laughs> and, and now Braun Breaker, I think, has a spear. What'd you say? I think Braun Breaker, it's not his finish, but he has a spear. Apollo Crews has a spear. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's too much. Um, Robert, what do you think of this? I've never gotten more heat on Twitter than I did by simply reminding the audience that this match was coming up. And it was a universal, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, th- it was long into a very long show. I felt bad for their placement. I, I agree with Mike. This should have been a WrestleMania match because it was a feel-good match, a feel-good story. The match itself was fine. They all looked good. You know, Maurice was never a great wrestler. She was good. Beth Phoenix, Scotch favorite wrestler ever, uh, looked fine in it. They were all having fun. I think that's why this mattered. This is what they wanted to do. And now Edge can move on to hopefully face AJ Styles at Mania and Miz can host the pre-show. Or Bad Bunny, because he got even a bigger shine than AJ Styles, which brings us to the Men's Rumble. My big note for this was they are not building new guys, especially, you know, after hearing the original plans for this, which uh, were was Riddle going over, waiting to a match with Riddle and Orton at Mania. Maybe that's still where they go. Um, yeah. <sighs> I wrote as a note, I feel like not having Brock in the chamber is a missed opportunity. Well, there you go. Uh, I I was corrected on that. If you're taking the title off Brock, have it be Riddle or Montez Ford or something. Uh, You know, the people that were a big deal in this match were Brock, Bad Bunny, Shane, and Drew to a degree. But mostly it was like Brock and Bad Bunny and Shane. Those are the three big deals of this match. And And I do think, you know, I you know, they made a shitload of money today. But I do think that this is going to come back to haunt them if they don't start, um, uh, you know, building guys now. But, um, Robert, what did you uh, what did you think of this? So I know Scott had texted this that it was like readers of some website said this was the worst rumble ever. This was not the worst rumble ever. It wasn't very good. It wasn't very good because the rumble is built on having surprises and there were no decent surprises. The Rumble is built on bringing back legends. Uh, you know, even if it's guys like Godfather and Santino or Hurricane for funny spots, you didn't really get that here. They didn't bring in any NXT guys who are part of the main roster like L.A. Knight or Ciampa or Roderick Strong. You didn't bring in any current NXT guys like Braun Breaker. So you just got a lot of people that the audience had no reason to care about. Uh, like Ridge Holland isn't going to excite people or Madcap Moss. Um, but wait, wait, you say this. This is their roster, you know? Yes, that's but and that's the thing. It's This is their roster because they won't 
take the time to build anyone. And when somebody does get over or is at least interesting, like a Karrion Cross or, or a Keith Lee or a Bray Wyatt, they fire them. So you can't get invested. Like this crowd got excited because there was a moment where, where Robert Roode and AJ were in the ring and they started chanting TNA. Or it's like they gave you Styles and Nakamura at the beginning, which was just a middle finger of like, look, we could give you really good stuff you want to see, but don't worry, we're not really. Uh, the big takeaway for me was they've cut bait on Omos because Omos, instead of getting the diesel spot or the cane spot, he looked like a giant for four seconds and then they just, you know, they dumped him out of the ring. Um, it also killed Damian Priest worse because Priest just got thrown out by Omos. So you didn't get the Damian Priest Bad Bunny uh, reunion you should have. You've been building to a Ray and Dominic showdown that you never paid off. You brought back Drew, who was killing himself in, in rehab to get back here for this and didn't really give him any great spots. Uh, the Shane McMahon thing is its own world. I, I'd said on something that's worse entertainment for a long time. I wanted to see this be Riddle or Orton winning this thing. It was kind of a disappointment. Oh, and God they, was Orton over. It was insane. The, or the crowd went insane for Orton because it's in his town. Big E looked like a nobody. Uh, which which absolutely sucked. Um, this was devoid of joy. And I think that's the big takeaway from this match was it wasn't bad, but there was nothing fun about this. There was nothing like memorable. There's nothing to put together a video package other than, oh, hey, Bad Bunny's back, who, by the way, will not be at WrestleMania because he's down here in Miami for a concert. Oh, that's so funny! I didn't know that. And he was what? Um, he the final four. He was like the fifth, like last, fifth last. I mean, yeah, it was man. it was Orton, Riddle, Shane, and Bad Bunny were the last four. Oh, uh, two God. of them are not on the uh, the the main roster. And but then Lesnar, obviously. Well, and Lesnar, yeah. the the winner. But yeah, I'm saying yeah. The, the especially the way Brock eliminated Riddle, where he just looked like he was gently like drop like like laying a painting down. You know, like it was. It, it was the opposite of like an MMA finish. Scott, what did you think of this match? Scott? Scott, you're on opinion. mute. Oh, I'm on uh, mute. Sorry. Okay. Like a so, Zoom yeah. meeting. <laughs> My, uh, I mean, Robert, everything you said is, is right. And the lack of surprises or new people like NXT guys is a major issue. Um. But my main issue is I don't think any of the eliminations even really made sense. Like there was no guy, no one threw out someone that even seemed like it was setting up a feud or felt like a callback to other things that were there, mentioned. There was, there was one, Scott. Which one? Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Oh, yes, well, no, there which were, I there actually like that. I like that. There was Sami Zayn and there was also Drew eliminating Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin, which made oh, me gosh. sad that that okay, feud's continuing. You're right. You're right. But like, you you know, like there, there's so many major players where you don't see major moments. I guess Styles and Omos did and Styles did a great job, but then he's out by the time anybody else that's important. He's eliminated is in by it. Madcap Moss. Too. Yeah. So it's like, well, then who gives a fuck? Then you have Shinsuke Nakamura. He's your intercontinental champion. He gets eliminated very quickly. Uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic, they've been teasing for like a month and a half. Oh, man, we're going to be in the Royal Rumble together. Watch your back. Oh, you got to trust me. I don't trust you. They're not even in the fucking match at the same time. None of it made sense. It's just, it was just like a, it, it, it was good in that you got to see Johnny Knoxville. It was good in that every two minutes you heard a new song <laughs> and that's what the Royal Rumble is. 
But other than that, it wasn't good, man. It, it was so predictable. We knew Lesnar was winning. And then the real problem is when he comes out, he just, and I, I guess maybe it was a time issue, but he crushes everyone immediately. It was like if they just did the first part of that great Rumble Drew one. Dude, dude, who looked good? Who who actually looked good besides Brock? Orton didn't look good. Riddle didn't look good. AJ looked bad, good. Bad Bunny and Shane. That was it. Bad it was Bunny Brock, looked bad good. Bunny and Shane. Yeah, Shane eliminate, eliminated Kevin Owens. So Kevin and Owens Drew looked, looked like okay. Big E looked like shit. Uh, Kofi missed his spot. That was sad, but he ended up looking like shit because of it. I mean, we could go down a list. Every single guy in this match looks like shit besides Bad Bunny and Brock Lesnar. All right, Mike. Yeah, um, I know. I, I dreaded reviewing this because I, I, I love that we're a comedy wrestling show, and it's hard to make this funny, man. Because it's just like we just we just sound whiny because we are, but it did suck. And- well, I'll say something funny. Uh, one of the highest grossing merch sale events in the history of WWE. Really? There you go. It was actually just uh, Neosporin to put on the burns from under the side. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was cane mask for people to hide their faces. Um, I, I think that uh, yeah, the Kofi thing, that was probably the most memorable spot because now we'll always try to figure out what he was trying to do. Like, it would have been great if the next night on Raw, he just did his spot and someone knocked him to the barricade and he just, even though it wasn't an elimination rules thing. I, I mean, who looks it, like he broke his ribs on that spot. It was, it was gnarly. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, how you, I don't know how you ruined Bad Bunny, but they did it because look, like we are not his demographic. We didn't really know who he was, but we were all very favorable to him last year. I thought that the treatment of him and how they, you know, look what it did for Damien. I mean, but look what they tried to do, at least, you know, it felt forward thinking and all that. And, you know, he did the one, he did the one cross body, I think on Miz last year in the rumble. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. This is how you use this guy. But having him actually in the rumble with all those other guys, it just does none of them favors. I, I agree on Orton. Like, it was a it's a crowd pop but it also is a he's probably the closest thing they have to an undertaker now and maybe we could debate that but he's like one of the longest tenured most respected oh, I, I completely agree yeah legendary right, yeah. guys there that you know you rely on um and he is in the main roster and and yeah the way that he just immediately dispatches big e but then he gets thrown out and and Riddle gets thrown out. I mean, even, you know, what's crazy about this, this match was like 51 minutes in a rumble, which mathematically, so clearly, what was it 90 seconds, I guess? Because uh, like, if it's, if it's, if it's two, I mean, they, they fudge the times. They used WWE math, which was like a Pat Patterson thing where the yeah. match is getting slow. Send somebody. But I also feel like, you know, even if you don't like, wwe or watch the weekly product like there's so many people i know and and i and i put myself there i fucking love the rumble that's my favorite match of the year it makes me happy like even if i never watch wrestling again i will watch the rumble um but and look like you know pat's last rumble which was that 2021 i'm sure he had some input on that was fantastic so it's like 
they had a recent rumble two years ago that was one of the best ones they've ever done. Uh, last year's was okay, but this year it's like, and then it, it, it sucks in a way that there was so much backstage heat, but it at least validates us. Like we're not the only ones who saw a problem here. And, and apparently there were all these changes. Like I know that it was going to be riddle at one point winning. And at least if you have, if you have Rousey and riddle, that feels like, okay. Like, cause I, I think you could have Rousey or Lesnar, but if you have both of them, then to me, that feels like I'm just defeated as a fan. Like, fuck you. Why are you watching? We aren't going to build any stars. And it's like, they do just keep relying on these same um, fail safes and they're burning the crowd out because yeah, it's like a lot of the people in this match unlike the women's match are the people on your weekly TV and they're not over. And that that's a problem because most of the people that are paying to see this, I would imagine are the people watching the weekly TV. (laughs) And and, and to your point, you know, the next night, apparently like Riddle had one of the smallest pops he's had in months and he was, you know, getting over. So well, he was in a segment involving scooter racing. So it's kind of, the, 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 hey, look, the uh, the spelling bee wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Spelling bee was great. The scooter race was uh, was a little rough. But at the at the end of the day, Mike, we're not the audience that they genuinely <laughs> care about. Spelling I do sound like great. Sean Connery's scooter, wife. Scooter race, not so much. Michael, my <laughs> yes. point is. Michael, I'm like, the, it wasn't the, bad, right? The scooter race wasn't bad. Well, no, the scooter, race wasn't, the scooter race wasn't good. But at here's the end the, of the day, if the you're going to use. Michael, we have to find Forrest out. Yeah. Ma- here's Michael, the thing, Michael. Michael. I'm rubber. You're glue. Well, it's at the end at the end of the day. There, it's a publicly traded company that's got to go in front of shareholders today, and it's going to basically say we're headlining WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey, who are two of the biggest legitimate stars on the planet, and we're going to put them in there with Roman Reigns and either Becky or Charlotte, who are the two most over women we have, and it's going to draw national, international eyeballs. It's going to get us on ESPN. It's going to make Peacock look great. They're going to be on posters. You're going to sell out that stadium in Dallas twice. And everybody else that's on the card can go fuck themselves, which has always been WWE's perspective. When I, I remember going to one of the Rumble, one of the WrestleManias, when it was The Rock and John Cena, and it's like, well, they're on top, so nothing else on this show matters. That's why Punk was always so upset when he's like, I can't get to a main event spot. Brian Danielson couldn't get to a main event spot for a long time until the audience basically just begged and said, we need to have it. They're going to get the numbers they're going to get every week on Raw and SmackDown. It's good enough to make USA and Fox happy to pay a billion dollars. Well, I mean, they nobody's just, nobody's getting the numbers they used to. Nobody's getting the numbers, but they're doing enough. So it's like to tamper with the formula to make their audience actually happy isn't worth the risk right now to a, to a Nick Khan versus we're going to go with annuities. We're going to go with Brock. We're going to go with Ronda. I, and I do think it's short-sighted, but it's incredibly that. short-sighted. I'm not saying it's a smart idea from a business perspective. It's a smart idea. Get all the money you can for today, because that's all wall street cares about. And then in a year's time, two years, it is time, if you're Nick you Khan and probably like have Disney on the mind after this. Yeah, Nick Khan's going to Nick Khan's not a long-term solution he's the guy who's going to make this company a shit ton of money and then he's going to go to amazon or netflix or one of them they're going to give him his own label as a production house and he's going to do whatever and he's going to get out of wrestling clean the stink off of him and he's going to be some sort of media mogul somewhere else 
and then he's going to sell monorails in Ogdenville. And <laughs> By God, he put them on the map. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like it's just, you know, to Scott's point, because I do think it's an interesting question. I, I don't want to say worse rumble because like, you know, wrestling fans are, are quick to hyperbole, but it's up there because at least like when you look at like, like 2014 and 2015, where, you know, the fans really, like, revolted on the show, and especially 2015. At least it's, like, with Roman Reigns at that time. Like, they were trying something, you know. They were well, making not, not when they had Batista in 2014. They were, no, that was the no, ultimate hot I watched Sheamus win a Royal Rumble, so let's put things into context. But, but Dan, but Dan to, to your point, like, even the Batista one, they were chanting for Daniel Bryan. There is no Daniel Bryan-type star yeah, that's that true. is on their roster that they wanted to see that wasn't in there. Well, Mike, uh, we'll stay on you. How many Scotty Meltzer flaming bowling pins? This is something that a measurement that we use on our Patreon. If you guys don't know this, Dave Meltzer's brother is a corporate comedian magician. <laughs> I can't get the fucking act. If somebody can just email me his act, Somebody from the Forbidden Dorks universe. I've seen put parts it on of it, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on our Facebook page, man. Maybe we should have a viewing. That should be a Patreon episode. Uh, how many Scotty Meltzer flaming bowling pins do you give us? Well, 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 Scotty Meltzer, aka the pride of the Meltzer family, the respected. <laughs> son. Yeah, it's pretty bad when the magician is the one Dad can talk about. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad when the magician isn't the one hanging out with a forty-five-year-old guy with a bandana on his head. Uh, <laughs> But I would, I would say I'm going to go, I'm going to go one and a half. Wow. Wow. Michael. This was really bad. You didn't even eat anything good during it. Yeah. That's why I gave it one and a half. I'd say the Miz match. um, I'd say, look, some of the stuff went in a direction, but you know, Rhonda and Lesnar was just like, yeah, you don't need to be watching this anymore. Goodbye. So yeah. I'm going to give it three just because the undercard was good. But, you know, if I was, ju- if I was judging just the rumble, I would give it one and a half, but as a whole event, I guess I would give it three. Scott, how many would you give it? Is that a five? Oh man, this is tough. Um, I like the ivory moment. I really think it's one of Roman's best matches, if not his best match. Who? A, a three. But it's teetering on two point nine nine. Scott, how how would you feel if you had to watch this again right now? Oh, dude, I could never. That's what's crazy. Royal Rumbles of of all wrestling, Royal Rumbles are almost guaranteed rewatches, and I will never watch this Royal Rumble again. Yeah, that's why I gave the score I did. <laughs> and I will never watch that Roman Reigns match again. I would, I would watch some of that, but yeah, you're right. I wouldn't watch anything else. Robert, uh, how many? I think the, the, the title matches were, were, the men's title matches were fun. The women's battle Royal, women's Royal Rumble was, was fine. The men's Royal Rumble, while not very good, number one, you still had Pat McAfee on commentary. And That's if you go true. back, he Scott, and rewatch job. it and just listen to his commentary, he did a great job of pretending to give a shit about that show. And then there's also, you know, the the, the inside baseball thing of just, you know, we look, we we do we did a uh, we bet on the rumble. We we picked straw in them numbers, we bet on it. So there's that degree of like, all right, even if this sucks, maybe I'll win. Oh no, I got Tamina. Um, 
which uh, which <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we can't you can't use that as a rational. We could get I'm, I'm, on I'm using it based like, on Scott's whole thing of like gambler's reason. Yes, it is. But Scott's <laughs> like, well, did you eat something fun? No, I didn't. But I, I'd be better on it. That was kind of fun. But, yeah. By, 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 by the way, Robert, no one's ever gone to just watch the horses race. <laughs> they're, well, they're, maybe they're, like they're, a maybe oh, like yeah, a like Temple yours. Grandin, but that's a yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, the only wrestling podcast you'll hear a Temple Grandin reference, by the way. Yes, Robert. that's what makes us the best. Uh, but we may have to edit that out because she's doing a new show with Conrad. Um, but uh, <laughs> this is like your your returning. Oh, it's gonna be. It'll be my constant thing forever going forward. I, I would also Guys, like be... to apologize. I, I just found out Lyle Landley will be at the next StarCast. <laughs> we're going to uh, guys, Lyle Landley's be... the one who sells you the mortgage. Um, guys, get ready for the summer because it's going to be the Patreon roast of Temple Grandin. So get anyway. Uh, no, yeah, no, no horsing around, guys. Uh, yeah, who is that? All right, I'm going to give it three because it was fine. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Who who is Temple? I don't know who this is. She is a uh, girl on the spectrum who like revolutionized like care with like um, cows with livestock. Yeah, livestock. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, they livestock. made a movie about her with Claire Danes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good. The movie. All right. Yeah, that's a pull. <laughs> yeah, no, a she pool. won't. She won't do the show. She has integrity. Oh no, Temple's roasting him next week. She's roasting Greg. No, she's not. All right. She's Let's, doing our dreamer roast. Ace is an eight count. We're getting to number two. Man, this is going to be a long show, folks. I, I kept it real under last week. I am not doing the same this week. Uh, it's time for this week in wrestling segment. We're going to be talking about the 2005 end of the Royal Rumble. This is when Batista and John Cena were eliminated at the same time. Vince restarts it and Batista wins. Um, this was basically the Lex Luger Bret Hart finish, but on crystal meth, uh, because the the most important and the most interesting and notable moment, and probably like top top ten notable moments in Rumble history, was Vince blowing out his quads and then screaming, uh, sitting down uh, at the two wrestlers because he couldn't physically stand up and restarting the match and even the way he he was so fucking yoked to to, to borrow a pat mcafee phrase at the time that like it it was it was just the muscles are bulging out of his shirt as he's just screaming and the veins are popping out of his head robert worked for wwe at this time in 2005 so we want to hear everything about this robert My, my first question was what was it like backstage when this happened so I started right after this and I was like, what the fuck happened? So just to clarify, because this I picked this, we were talking about this last week. Last week we were running long, we didn't do it. So it was that idea of there can be botches in a rumble and then there wound up being a botch in this rumble, which was the Kofi screw up. But this was the finish got screwed up. Uh, Cena and Batista both go over. By some miracle, they both land on the ground at the same time uh, for real. So the quick thinking of the referees and whoever was on the, the earpiece, they had the two raw referees, the two SmackDown referees, the SmackDown guys start raising the SmackDown guys hand, the raw guys start raising the raw guys hand, which was a brilliant audible. But at that point they didn't know what the fuck to do. So they kind of go into the ring and they start throwing each other over the top rope to see who the crowd pops. Oh, forward. so wait, that wasn't planned. I no, this, that's why I picked it. This was not, well, this was well, not, this was a total botch. So the biggest moment of rumble history in theory was, the finish was botched, and that wasn't the worst part. Vince goes out, he tears his quads in the ring, and he's like sitting on the ground. And the announcers have no idea what's going on. 
what I was told was they had to start clearing the hallways backstage because Vince didn't want to sell it. He didn't want to let them know how hurt he was and nobody wanted to see it. So everybody in the hallways had to be cleared because there's a clear, there's a path from gorilla to where the limos are. Everything had to be cleared away because Vince didn't want to be seen as remotely injured. And he still managed to walk back with torn quads to get to his limousine so they could take him to a medical facility because that fucker ain't going to a hospital. And when I was there, this is when he was going through rehab. It's crazy he didn't get addicted to Oxy at this time. That's the thing that's so bizarre. He was training himself and he was in the gym nonstop and walking without a cane like six months later like triple h was off television for over a year when he tore his quad and vince was back like six months later so there's so many interesting things about this which is the the quick thinking of everybody to make this real botch look like it was not only part of a storyline but was part of the raw versus smackdown storyline and then get to the actual finish which was batista beating scene oh he well he was he was more upset about the fact that he showed that vulnerability that he was sitting than anything else. (laughs) And that's, and that's Vince. It's, I don't want people to ever see me weak and tearing quads is one of those things where it's like, all right, because Hunter did it. He finished the match. So I'm going to, by God, I'm going to at least walk back to my limo. And I don't want people to see me in legitimate pain. Oh my well, God. also when Hunter did it, he was in a match. Like Vince right. just was getting in the <clears throat> ring. Yeah, Vince is like walking. And then he just says, but he doesn't even sell the Like that is supposed to be excruciating pain. Like your quadricep muscle rolls up like a fruit roll up inside oh, your body. Jesus and Christ. you can see it like as a bulge in, in the uh. legs. And he doesn't register it. He talks calmly for Vince. He he works well because the Mr. McMahon character of the crazed lunatic who yells and screams is Vince. We've seen it in meetings. Like it just it comes out and it's wildly entertaining more than anything else. We're like, this is kind of cool. Mr. McMahon's yelling. Uh, but he just did it there. And this is why you know, booking a rumble or booking a finish a rumble is so difficult because there is no contingency plan built in. And if when this is the closest they came to the winner got eliminated, what else are we going to do? And, well, they, and just in terms of a historical thing to go back and talk about, it was a real interesting oddity. Well, Robert, they they fixed it this year. They're like, shit, we could never have, have it happen. There are two stars who could potentially win are eliminated at the same time. So we'll just have no stars. <laughs> it worked Prius. Someone punched me in the face well, so I can see some stars. My, my question is, like, one of the things that we hear on Bruce's podcast is that Vince's favorite thing is to work out his legs. How does he work out his legs? Have you ever seen it? Have you heard about it? He's got, it's, I, I don't know what the name of the machine is, but yeah, like there's one of those where you're doing the leg lifts and he puts it at like a crazy high level and there's just loud screaming and rock music playing in the in the WWE gym which still has like the weird neon lights above it and mirrors everywhere and and it looks like the old WWF magazine shoots well, um, the, 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 I know yeah, we learned we learned that this week uh by running away from his responsibilities as a father <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, just, no, he just kicked Shane in the balls. <laughs> well, to be fair, he, had, he probably had Bruce do it. But no, number three, we're going to get to Dynamite or Dud. What a crazy Dynamite. Uh, real highs, real lows. Hour one, we were Utah versus John Moxley. They had to, uh, they had to put, uh, they had to pull an audible because I, I guess 
I guess uh, Eloy Wiesel's night was not on his high school, on Brian Kendrick's high school syllabus. There was yeah. a... Someone, someone was rooting for Tennessee to ban Mouse last week. <laughs> there was a very compelling Brian Danielson and John Moxley segment, a shot of Brandy with a side of Lambert, which I'm sure we're going to get into uh, a Matt Hardy family office promo with Andrade, who's got low key one of my favorite gimmicks in wrestling right now and i'll talk to you about that and the kings of the wait, black wait, wait dad what's the gimmick guy who took his first esol class <laughs> no it's it's latino chris elliott from kingpin that's what he, <laughs> he literally is just like he's just like trying to get darby to fuck or something the whole time <laughs> king of the black thrones versus death triangle and adam cole promo and nyla rose versus ruby riots mr scott chaplin what did you think about this uh first hour Ooh, all right well look the first match is so my phone uh i've been using a temporary phone and i don't have access to twitter that often so i did not you know what jail happened. yeah i didn't know what happened with brian kendrick uh and He's... so when we, when goddamn wheeler yuda came out i was not happy when it when it was wheeler yuda not brian kendrick even though i like wheeler yuda I really wanted Brian Kendrick to come out because I did know that that was happening at least. Uh, that irritated me, but the match was great. And in the pro bump uh, afterwards was super compelling and fun. And you can go, you know, a few different ways with it and all the ways are exciting and cool. And, and, and I'm sure I'll enjoy them. The Brandy Rhodes, Dan Lambert thing, man, both have to go. This was the first time. And I texted you guys this last night. But this was the first time, and part of it's Chicago, but a lot of it is AEW fans are really sick of both of these people and both of these types of storylines, and now they're just crossing together. And I really, I feel like they're crossing together where it's like, good, we got them out of the same room, blow them up, you know, like make both of these types of storylines go away. These like awful Brandy Rhodes, Cody, like roads to the top reality show storylines. And these Dan Lambert storylines, uh, everybody's over them. The Chicago crowd reacted that way. And that's like the first time, again, I think in AEW history, where the crowd reacted booing in a way that was like, we do not want to see this anymore. Like they said, shut the fuck up, but not because it was MJF and it's their role, but because they literally didn't want to hear this. It was bad. Dude, and uh, that, that was why. But hey, wait, wait, Paige Van Zanto came out. That's cool. That's cool. And you get that match, and that's hilarious. I mean, she could be a top baby face for him. That's why. I don't know why they're booking her. Dude, everything else in the hour I really like. Did we get the Jericho promo this hour? Yeah. No, it's it's hour two. Oh, Oh, that is hour two. Okay, well, we could get to that. But uh, yeah, I liked hour one. You you know, the uh, the Nyla Rose Ruby Soho match. That wasn't a botch. It didn't end in a botch. It was planned that way. No, I don't know what I don't know what people were talking about with you. And it's just, it, had it was just no, the, it was just poorly planned. I think it's like they had the easy. greatest Jim Ross line ever, which is that senton blocked out the sun. Fucking <laughs> 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 Jim Ross. Yeah, what else happened this hour, man? Um, I mean, it was it was a lot of the Kings of the Black Throne versus the Death Triangle. Oh yeah, I, that worked. Yeah, that was fine. Uh, Adam Cole announcing he's going after Evil Uno, which I thought the promo started really strong. I love that guy, but then when he said Evil Uno, I'm like, Ugh, that guy. oh man, yeah, yeah. It was. I was like, hell yes, we're getting Adam Cole. You know, he's here. 
But yeah, because Danny's like, like, I'm gonna be serious now. It's me and you, evil Uno. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll show the world how great I am. <laughs> yeah, that was a little. Uh, that was a little. But anyway, uh, what I was trying to say is, uh, I went on Brandy's Twitter, and this is like one of the most annoying things I've seen on wrestling Twitter. She like posted the uh, the ratings of each segment and she had like I guess the highest rating this was like from I don't know when a week ago she goes oh yeah this is go away heat well look at this and you're like oh my god dude you're just like this is like the you're not like wink you're like you're not just winking at the camera you're like you're like fluttering at the it's just so bad no 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 look she knew she was bombing because I felt bad during it I felt bad for her because I do feel bad for her. She's always involved in really uh, bad things. Uh, you know what's bad in wrestling when the guy talks about the girl's tits and it just doesn't get much of a reaction? <laughs> like, uh, I, I just hated it. Like, I hated it, man. Yeah, it was it was brutal. Um, but I'm really excited to see where this Mox Brian Danielson thing goes. I think, I think that could be really fun and and unexpected. So, Mike, what do you think of this first hour? Yeah, man, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, the – the the uh, Brian Danielson as Magneto, <laughs> the Magneto yeah. instead of instead of mutants, it's uh, mutants. Uh, <laughs> His character is in shape, Jim Cornette now. It's basically yeah. Well, like, it's funny because ha bullshit. Here's here's the thing: the character is Dan Lambert. If it worked, like it's literally yeah. he's saying a lot of the stuff that Dan Lambert is, but a. We love and respect, uh, you know, uh, Danielson. And two, it's like it fits his views and everything. When he, it's, it's, it's interesting when you look at him and you look at Cody or Dan Lambert, when he was like shitting on this, you know, some of the roster yesterday, it made sense and it was to elevate certain people. Like, yeah, did he like, you know, make fun of the best friends and, and, and you know, lose source or whatever? Yeah, but the whole thing fit his you know belief system and and i thought it was cool to end on a cliffhanger um you know i i'm gonna get to brandy at, at the end um the the fucking uh the house of black it just feels like lower mid card already it's just you know when you look at where malachi was I mean, cody it, didn't it, help that guy at all but you, you could yeah. you could blame a, yeah a lot of this on cody but it's like now he's just in another tech now now he's just in, you know, goth varsity blondes. Like, it, they're, they're nothing. Um, <laughs> it sucks because they're both really talented. Um, and look, Penta and Pac are great, but they all, all these four guys just feel like they headline a dark but can't main event this show. And that sucks because they should because they're really talented. Um, what else? I, I guess other stuff happened. But, yeah, I mean, the Brandy Lambert was, was the main event. It well, I have one logistical question to Robert, who I always feel these two. How does the shut the fuck up chant work in terms of censorship and in terms of like um, FCC violation? Cable is not subject to FCC regulation, only network television. So if it was network TV, it's considered a fleeting expletive because it is the audience and it wasn't initiated by the, the program itself. But because you're on cable, there is no FCC regulations. The, the, the parameters are when you have advertisers and you're, and you're advertising certain products, they don't want those products on a TV show that has explicit language or nudity. So those are clauses that are usually in those contracts, which is 
the only issue you may run into, which is why the, the guys themselves don't say it, but it's a TV 14 program where you have Adam page saying shit. So you already are pretty well covered. You're not going to run into any FCC issues. Uh, Cause you can do whatever you want on, on TBS. It's why IFC can air unedited movies yeah. on, on, on a basic cable tier. Uh, you know, occasionally they air award shows that are, that are talented that are good as well, but primarily those movies. Uh, so yeah, that's why they're, they're covered as far as that's concerned. So, so basically uh, what he's saying to everybody is you can say, shut the fuck up on cable TV. We will see more Brandy segments. Uh, it just, you know what it is like with MJF, with even Britt Baker, like with these like great heel characters, they believe what they're saying. And she comes out and the whole Chicago Cleveland thing was so poorly delivered. And then like, american top tits like like, i don't know what this is it just and lambert like i hate to say it but like maybe it is because brandy was so bad but lambert actually was okay here in terms of he was was next to cm punk he was the biggest baby face of the night it was funny because like in terms of uh self-awareness and all that he literally i mean it's crazy like and and this is you know, embarrassing if you're watching with a non-wrestling fan, but when he's like, I'm sexist, I'm this, I'm that, they're still cheering him over. (laughs) Especially with that crowd, too, and that crowd is, like, pretty liberal wrestling crowd, and they're still like, yeah, whatever, bring out whoever, you could have brought out, man, you could have brought out Ariel Castro, and I think they would have cheered him over Brandy Rhodes. You could have brought out Dan Lambert in a second segment with Jake Roberts. And they, (laughs) (laughs) this was, I mean, this is just like, it, it, it's tough because it is objectively bad, you know, and for everyone who says Scott defends everything, he did not defend this because it's indefensible. But as someone who's got to talk about wrestling every week, keep doing it. I want to say (laughs) that's the thing. It's like, I'm always interested it's yeah, like a car wreck thing. I'm always interested what the fuck Randy or Cody is going to do. Yeah, it's all these people connected to Cody. They, they, uh, it's very botchamania. It's, it's a lot of fun. Because yeah. I, I honestly thought that that segment we saw was like about a month ago. I was like, it can't get worse than this. And this was like, this was, and even like the pull apart at the end, like when you think of all of like, the baby face beatdowns and shit you see in this company. And this is where the roster comes out to save somebody. Like it was interesting because also Anna J had the look on her face of like when jungle boy decides to play Xbox instead of uh, having sex, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> she just looked completely like all the women who came out were completely divorced emotionally from, well, from I mean, segment. but think about it. You're, you're, you're backstage, you're behind the curtain, you're hearing the reactions and now you have to be a part of this segment. And yeah, it's like, there, you know, there's heel versus heel. And there's, there's a lot more heel versus heel stuff going on now with Seth and Roman and, you know, and other things but these two specific heels where they're both people that i just don't want to see on my television is something i can't remember the last time that's the thing i can't remember the last time this has happened on tv but i'm sure vince russo had something to do with it he was he was squawking today about the rumble 
Robert, what did you think of this first hour? So I loved Moxley and Yuta just because I'm friends with Yuta. I was super happy for him. Yuta did great, man. He was wearing like Adidas shoes, his pants, but he did great. He well, did great. Can you it, tell it, me what his personality is then, please? Uh, yes, he's a guy. Guy that wrestles. returns Robert's phone calls. Yes. Uh, guy who replaces anti-Semite. Yes, he's <laughs> he's pro-Semite. Um, I love. I also love Dan Housen existing simply because I know how much that pisses Jim Ross off. And that makes me so insanely happy. Uh, I love that the Danielson Moxley thing feels so much like the Triple H Steve Austin two man power trip that we never got to see to fruition. That they they instantly made everything make sense. Where you're shitting on gimmicks like you know Millennial Cowboy or Dinosaur or Vlog Guy, and then you know puts over is like give me Yuta, give me Moriarty, give me Mike's favorite wrestler Daniel Garcia, like. Give me these guys that are good and are positioned badly and we'll fix them. And I kind of want to see that. Like, I want to see that group run roughshod for a little while as a stable that makes sense. Unlike some of the thrown together stables where I don't need to see the nightmare family or, or, you know, any of the other random groups that exist out there. Well, we had that video where Brandy put the nightmare family away. So. Well, that was two years ago, Robert. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. and, and, And Robert. I'll, I'll say I completely agree. It's like when I make fun of these guys, I just don't like their presentation. But if you put them in a stable like that, if you do something different with them, you might get something else out of them. You're, you're going to elevate them in some way, shape or form as being, yeah. you know, kind of like a, a team angle for Danielson. I think yeah. 2.0, 2.0 when Daniel Garcia turns on them. That Danny works. boy, please. Uh, speaking of sirens in the background, this Brandy Lambert segment was so weird because this was scripted. Uh, again, this wasn't spontaneous. Brandy went out there to be the heel by calling this the wrong city. And then you send out there Dan Lambert, who's a heel, who points out that you're less likable than me. And then it was a very, because like I said, Dan and I are watching the old SmackDowns. This was a very attitude era moment where Dan's like, I want to slap the shit out of you. And the crowd popped for the idea of Dan Lambert slapping Brandy, which felt very 2000 WWF. Um, the, the Paige Van Zant thing, it feels like Brandy's like doing uh, Stephanie cosplay. I'm the chief marketing officer. I need to have the match with the big UFC star. I need to go out there and show that I can get heat. It, it all feels regressive. Uh, with, with her and Cody, it doesn't serve anybody. It didn't help this. And Tony's not tone deaf, unlike WWE. So either Cody's putting a lot of pressure on him to make these things happen, or which Cody keeps saying for months and months and months, we keep saying it, there's a grand plan. And once we step back and see it, it's going to revolutionize wrestling. Yeah, it's Probably called is. Brandy being invited to be a judge on season three of the Go Big Show. Exactly. She's, she's going to be great. The Hardy family office thing, the only thing I'll say super positive about this is Isaiah Cassidy, who's facing Sammy, changed his Twitter profile to Ty Conti, which is really, really funny <laughs> in terms of just trolling. I enjoy yeah. that. Uh, Mike, you were dead on about the Malachi and Brody thing. Like They feel so much less special, all four of these. The match was totally fine. They don't feel special anymore. Pac, Pac and that felt special, but Pac with the I'm blind and then a spurred box and take the, the blindfold off. I do like the JR buried the blindfold match just to piss Lawrence off. Uh, yeah, Cole hyping up for Evil Uno. Are we going to redo the whole he wipes out the Dark Order to try to get to Adam Page thing? And then Nyla and Ruby was uh, it was cool to see Lars Fredrickson out there. That was kind of neat. That's me being positive. And uh, I fast forwarded through a lot of this because I have no 
patience or time for Nyla Rose matches anymore. She's just not wow, very good. The guy who live tweets Raw had no patience or time. <laughs> Look, I already I, Nia Jax is gone from Raw. I'm spared woman who doesn't really know wrestle well and injures people. I don't need to watch Nyla Rose. Wow. I mean, I would, do you do you think of like like we're talking about you know you know uh, Malachi Black and stuff, but. Who's fallen harder than than Ruby, man? I mean, it's like, you know, she came out with these Big other E, Big E, Big E. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, but she came out with these other big, massive, you know, stars at, at All Out, and, and a little massive star now, Cole. And uh, you think <laughs> of like the big, like the pop she got, the push that she got, that she was in a battle royale that she won, and now it's like she's losing. I mean, it's also, we knew that we were in for something different in the main event when this was on an 845. <laughs> well, you know, I yeah. thought uh, this was, you know, I think Ruby's got a ceiling. I mean, I think she's good, but I, I don't think, you know, I don't think she has like the star power of a Brit or even a Paige Van Zandt. But all right, we got to get through the show, guys. Uh, hour two, there's a gun club promo and a hangman Adam Page segment with Lance Archer. Uh, Dan Lambert and Jake the Snake Roberts, a Chris Jericho promo where it seemed like he was leaning heel, and MJF versus CM Punk. Scott, what did you think of the second hour? Ooh, second hour better than the first, but <laughs> there, there were some some issues. Okay, issues first, right? Uh, don't have Dan Lambert come out if Jake Roberts is there. I don't understand what it is. It's like, is he, is, is, is he like a safety net? Like, let Dan talk first, then hand Jake the mic. And if Jake starts getting weird, have Dan grab the mic from him. I don't understand what that is. Uh, I, I guess I'm glad Archer beat him up, but Archer sounded ridiculous when he got on the mic after. He was, like, already blown up. I don't know what's going on with him since he's come back from injury. But uh, he was like, yeah, he had Shane McMahon face last night after beating up Hangman. Uh, the Jericho pro man, promo, I want his new gimmick to be that he just has a different gimmick every week. Like, he called himself the influencer this week. Yeah, he took Sammy's <laughs> gimmick this week. Dude, he called himself the influencer. It was I wrote Jericho's new gimmick should just be contradicting vaccine experts. <laughs> but keep going, Scott, sorry. Uh, other than that, what happened? Aside from, I guess we'll get to I mean, the main MJF event, Punk. That's the big yeah. That now that was uh, that was really special to me. That was one of the best AEW matches I've ever seen, and I've I mean these AEW matches are unbelievable. I thought this was really really phenomenal. I loved how it ended. I loved how you didn't know exactly how it ended. I mean, you knew MJF cheated, but then the replay revealed exactly how. Uh, I just thought it was so, so damn good. I loved the restart. MJF beat him twice. Yeah, man, that, that main event was magic. To me. I, I really liked the main event. It was a WWE finish, though. I mean, it, it no, was, it was really so much well better. Done, it was so WWE much better. Finished. No, it wasn't. It's <sighs> No, it isn't. It it, that's not, no, that's not just a WWE finish because you cheated. What are you talking about? I some WWE finish. I'm just saying it was a good WWE finish. No, it's not a WWE finish. It's a good pro wrestling finish. All right. Well, I you know I think we're mincing words here, but um, Mike, what do you think of the second hour? Yeah, I love that WWE finish at the end. <laughs> Out of your mind, Mike. Uh, well, do you no, think it was I a mean, WWE finish or not? 
I, I mean, I could see it in a way, but I don't because a WWE finish would have been ending on the choke. And, and, and then it's DQ and you don't get a restart. The WWE finish, not going. No, you get a round. tag match. Yeah, not going an extra 20 minutes. So, I mean, all right, I, b- before that, uh, I mean, I don't think that there's been any less exciting title match than Paige versus Archer. And I mean, hopefully, like at this point, we're getting close to the pay per view. We're a month. Dude drops like, thank you, Mike. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Christian's also thanking you for getting his main event. You know what? That was better than this. Uh, Because at least, like, I didn't think that was great, but at least, like, you know, there was something and there was, like, you know, Christian had some heat and, you know, Archer doesn't, and yeah, man, getting Lambert twice in one night, and dude, like, you know, we basically, we basically blew Jake for an hour about how good of a talker he is, and this is just, he's on autopilot, it was just, fear, (laughs) so this whole thing is just a mess, Um, and Adam Page can't get out of it soon enough, Uh, this is, I think they should hook up an EKG, to uh jake so like if he has a good promo like like whatever promo looks good because he survived it yeah it's uh yeah well, that match was uh that matches next week right yes yep. yes yeah yeah great. hopefully great, great, his actual great. his paper and the match will be great i'm sure the match will be good oh uh, they had a, i mean last archer moxie death match i thought was awesome yeah. yeah, but hopefully his actual challenger will show up and he, he, Paige has to get out of this feud. I mean, the same way with the House of Black where he's not important, just another guy. That's what Archer's making him now. Um, the MJF Punk thing, yeah, I was, you know, I think we all were a little surprised when it started when it did at 9.15 and like wondering, hey, that's not two women. Um, and, and just like, is this going to be this long and, and not fully knowing there was an unpredictability to it um and i think i love i actually love the the restart where remsburg was like motherfucker i'm not letting you win like this the only problem is then when he does still win in a screwy way remsburg kind of looks stupid like remsburg if he's that much of a, a stickler to stop the match you know and then restart it once it feels like he should watch a tape or something to be like, wait a minute, but you know. no, 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 no. So look, so they, no, I'm, I'm, I'm about to be right. So he raises MJF the first time he chokes, he chokes CM Punk with the tape. Right. And he puts the tape under his arm and, and the ref raises his arm and the tape drops after the match. So then the second time he hits him with the fucking ring, right. Before the ref raises his arm, he hands the ring off to Wardlow. So the ref doesn't notice it. I mean, check a tape again. Shut up, Mike. Next. <laughs> All right. After after every Scott, after every uh, defensive tape. opinion, what? You Be should, more you diligent. Should... Check a tape, Scott. What? After, after every opinion, now you should say, "Wolf, wolf." What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be kind of funny if Bryce hit. Bryce remember was like, I'm gonna check his dick. Scott's <laughs> yeah. like five out yeah. of five stars. Wolf, wolf, what can I say? He should have gave MJF a cavity search after the match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I did. I, I did I did love this. Um having punk lose in Chicago, you know, technically twice. I mean, I did not see that coming, and it really elevated uh MJF. And the thing is. 
the beginning of this feud was all right we're gonna see who the next contender should be but this feud has to continue right like i feel like we're getting this at the pay-per-view in some blow-off fashion oh of course it's gotta I think it continues though with MJ with Punk chasing MJF for the title. I, 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 you know, and I know that means taking the title off Hangman, but it, it's their biggest program. I don't know what else they do. Robert, what do you think of the second hour? Uh, the Gun Club jumped Jungle Boy and then gently tossed him into a pile of snow, and Billy it looked so, so big, pleasant. <laughs> Billy Gunn is and then, so big. And then yeah. asked Jungle Boy, "Hey, what's it like to have a beloved father?" <laughs> yes, a beloved father or a girlfriend. It was nice. Uh, Adam Page at the start of it was great in pointing out how shitty he's been booked uh, and being like, I've only had two title defenses in 81 days. The graphics crew putting Adam Page doesn't realize his flight's already been canceled was fantastic. I'm starting to get sick of that, though, man. He's your world champ, you know? I he's your world champ, but just because he brought up the, the airline thing in his promo, it was yeah. a nice little moment. And of all the things to be mad about in that segment, that wasn't it. Uh, Lambert yeah, Dan's like and- Big E needs to get a push. Yeah. Big E is like dry humping air right before yeah. he gets Archer, eliminated. Archer looks like <laughs> I think the biggest problem with Archer is the dude looks like he constantly looks like he's playing a monster, and it comes with like that post beat down promo was so goofy and he's miscast, but he's big. I thought those I spots like- were great. The choke slam and yeah, the- look, Paige is gonna beat him, he's probably gonna be like bloodied and worse for wear and then danielson and moxley can come down you'll get tension and it'll be something it'll be fine it's for tv the jericho hill turn we've talked about all on the mjf punk match uh scott you were right this was not a wwe finish this was a wwf finish this was an nwa 1988 finish and i fucking loved it uh, I love the old school nature. I love the spot where he was punching MJF and he was teeter tottering back and forth. That was a hell of a lot of fun. The Pepsi plunge being done for the first time oh, ever. So and that crowd going nuts. Wardlow coming down there with that shit eating grin and the big coat. And just that was, it was masterful how that was done. This match was, was a great old school match that, you know, the only downside to this whole thing is uh, MJF should have already won because CM Punk held MJF back and let a fan slap him, which is a fucking disqualification. He's and an it, MMA fighter. It's an, I look it up later. It's an MMA fighter. I don't know who the fuck it was, but that's that's rampant anti-Semitism still in AEW. Max was cheated. He should have won right then and there. So he technically beat Punk three times in <laughs> one was, night. If it was you the NWA. Robert, if it was the NWA, it would be like that scene in Airplane where they're all lining up to slap the Jew. <laughs> yes, if it was the NWA, they would have needed cops to try to save him, and the cops wouldn't really save him. Look, look uh, Robert, Robert, they lost a lot of Nazis with the Brian Kendrick decision and had to gain them back. Yes, they, 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 needed, they needed to get the, uh, the Skokie, Illinois fans back. <laughs> the Gunther Stark fan base. anti it- anti-semite cm punk he's like you control wardlow and the weather and i'm sick of it uh yeah that was that was an awesome it was an awesome main event it it was the announcers sold this like this was the biggest thing ever even shivani's whole like i hate mjf but this is a great match it was uh it was great great. it was great sports entertainment scalber was great during this it was a great great match oh yeah scalber was there guys everyone was great the stars aligned Dude, we just take great. the compliment. We were, and move all on. A- we were all AEW that, that, I, that last 45 minutes. 
<laughs> Today we are all AEW fans. <laughs> when most right. week we're all Brandy Rhodes. Uh, next, next up, number four. Uh, if you guys haven't been reading the dirt sheets, Jeff Hardy was offered a spot at the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jeff Hardy turned it down. So we decided to write Jeff Hardy's speech for him. Um, let's start out with Robert. Robert, do you have a hypothetical Jeff Hardy acceptance speech? My name is Jeff Hardy and I'm an alcoholic. Oh shit, <laughs> wrong meeting. A lot of the same guys, wrong meeting. Uh, it's an honor to be in the Hall of Fame, but it's not like a real building. It exists in your heart. Even to me, that Jack sounds Nicholson. fucking stupid. He's Jack Nicholson, whatever. <laughs> there are a lot of people I want to thank because I owe me being here to them. So thank you to the enablers out there who constantly ignored the warning signs. Thank you to my less talented brother who showed me I could still fly high with him clinging to my coattails. Thank you to Lita for breaking Matt so badly that marrying Rebby seemed like a good idea. And thank you to my fans, barely legal teenage girls who were totally cool getting me meth and blowing me in a parking lot van. And lastly, thanks to Jim Ross, who came up with the charismatic enigma. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it made me enough money to buy two dirt bikes, rebuild my house that I recklessly burned down, and allow me to hire enough lawyers to keep me out of jail. <laughs> oh, Robert Carpoulos. I'll go on next year. First off, I want to thank Matt, Beth, Ruby, Rebby, Nira, Skeeter, Joe Bob, Baba Joe, the universe, the galaxy, the Milky Way, the salsa, <laughs> winter and summer, magnets, how do they work, Dr. Pepper, treasure trolls, <laughs> pogs with yang yangs on them, Jerry McDivitt for that time I got drunk and me too myself, hacky sacks, tuxedo t-shirts, they're hilarious, Mexican pharmacies, the spirit of Halloween, Chick-fil-A sauce, and the Animaniacs. I want to thank my demons for making me who I am today and my brother's demons for when my demons run out of Percocet. I also, <laughs> want, to, I also want to apologize for some of my actions showing up at Impact Drunk, showing up at a WWE house show high, and all the fans who showed up to my concert sober. I remember sliding <laughs> down a rainbow and that rainbow leading to a volcano and that volcano erupting into a river and me lying in that river and feeling that water flow through me and being so enveloped by the rain and the crystals and the souls of the planets that I forgot to turn Umaga on his side. Whoops. <laughs> and finally, to the WWE Universe in the audience today. Y'all got any whippets? I'll trade you this plaque. Then he climbs up 12 <laughs> steps and swantons through the Scooby-Doo mystery machine. Uh, Mike. By the way, that was all from Dan's personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> My um, God, Daniel. Great job. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, I just you know, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep on wrestling because I love you, fans. Fans chant, you still got it. Wait, the coke? <laughs> I don't have it anymore. You fucking narcs. Fuck you. <laughs> by the by the way, Jimmy and Jay, here's how you pass a breathalyzer test. <laughs> and then he just throws a puff of smoke and turns into Willow. <laughs> Oh man, I shouldn't have made a will reference. That was a lost opportunity on my part. Scott, man, take it away. Enough. It was great. <laughs> Scott, take it away. All right, we're at the 2022 WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. Matt Hardy is inducting his brother. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff 
horribly. <laughs> Jeff comes out right. He's got like one of those hospital wristbands on his left arm and, and a bear trap on his right leg. <laughs> his hair's all wet, you know? And like you think it's water, but everybody in the arena, like watching live, you go, oh, his hair is wet with water. But everyone in the arena, they know it's gasoline. They can smell the gasoline <laughs> on them, gasoline and alcohol. So he's like, you know, he's like, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Undertaker. There's like a camera shot of Undertaker in the crowd, you know. Thank you, Vince. A camera shot of Vince. Thank you, Baby Yoda. Camera shot of Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Lima, Lima. The camera shows Lita in the crowd. <laughs> Lima, one of the first great divas, as well as one of the last living Native Americans. <laughs> you are the Sacagawea to me and Matt's Lois and Clark. I'd like to thank Mr. Swanton, whom I believe, whom I believe is the Chinese man who invented firecrackers. <laughs> The Dalai Lama found out today he's a person and not a llama. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, oh man, look over there. No one looked away and everyone saw him just blow a line of coke on the table. <laughs> uh, Scott, from now on, I'm going to order swanton soup. <laughs> swanton soup. Oh, and then everyone cool. goes, and then the crowd starts going, one more match, one more match, one more match. And he starts like patting himself like in the chest pocket, right? He finally he goes to his back pocket. He goes, all right, I got one. He pulls out a match. Everyone goes, no, no. <laughs> he lights it and his head explodes because of the gasoline on his hair. And then his music starts playing. That's it. I don't know. That's That's a great long-term booking. You set up the gas and then you paid it off. Yeah. But Scott, as his head's blown off, the rest of his body still does the motions like a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) The finger waving. (laughs) Yeah, then it's just Jerry Lawler like, all right, everybody. (laughs) Santino showed up. I just, I just had this vision of like a headless Jeff Hardy doing the hand thing. Yeah, <laughs> All, right. All right, number five. Uh, look, we were originally going to go all the way with this. We must hate ourselves. World Cup, the worst gimmick tournament. What is in fact the worst gimmick in wrestling? And then we realized QT was just going to win this. So we've got to give QT an award. Someone uh, said on Twitter, a new bowling shirt and a bottle of keeps. That's pretty good. Um, I had an idea. Uh, we sent an official WWE contract in like the lettering, and we also sent one to Hannibal. But uh, I was also thinking, like, it would be kind of fun. This isn't really like a, a gift, but it would be kind of fun to like take his documentary and have Werner Herzog narrate it, just because I think it could really like. The only thing QT is marshalling in is a new era of loneliness. It would just, <laughs> it would give the it would give the documentary so many more layers. Uh, Mike, what do you think we should get QT? <laughs> Toupee. Um, 
I I I think <laughs> I think we should make hook repellent, which would <laughs> would, would just be um you know uh expensive cologne, unlike the cheap kind that hook probably wears. And uh, because Hook is going to keep beating him up and he needs some way to protect himself from Hook. <laughs> Scott, what do you got? Well, so I think we should legitimately find a way to get him something that he sees. What's actually realistic? I'm thinking like we, we find a way to get like a sandwich named after him at a <laughs> deli. Just anywhere. Anywhere yeah, in USA. It, I mean, we could have a bodega get, a, to get the QT Marshall. Yeah, or even, you know, just order something weird. Like anybody listening, like order something weird at your deli often and then start calling it the QT. And then they'll I, go. And then when you walk in, they'll go the QT. Like, so it's like my suggestion, this is the QT meal. You go to a diner, right? You go, can I have the QT? And it's a... It's a hot dog with mayonnaise <laughs> and a glass of milk. <laughs> and it's called nope. the QT. Can I get the QT? Hot dog, mayo, glass of milk, take a photo of it, tag QT in it. <laughs> Let them know. I was, I was going to say like an untoasted uh, piece of bread <laughs> with, 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 with just ketchup rubbed on it, but not even two, but you eat it like it's a sandwich. <laughs> a steak wrap without the steak like what does vince want but realizes he doesn't want <laughs> robert what, what do you what do you got for qt i will represent him for free in the divorce <laughs> <laughs> all right well there would you actually not a fucking chance wait what if, what if he what if he talks about it on the podcast though no i don't want to have to sit there and itemize his bowling shirts and figure out which one she gets to keep <laughs> Also, yeah, Robert, do you litigate divorces? I mean, I, I have in the past, but I don't want to. Wow. His would just be sad. QT's like, no, no, she bought the condoms for Hook. She Dude, bought the you, condoms for Hook. Have you ever helped, like, a, a wrestler's divorce? Um, oh, no. <laughs> Only in the sense that I took them away from their family and made them do stupid shit on television that ultimately led to them getting fired. So, yeah, have you ever given wrestlers advice about a divorce? Uh, no, actually, I don't think. Uh, no, because the only divorce, the only people that were I was watching their marriage crumble was Kurt and uh, Karen while we were there. But everything with him was kind of falling apart at that point in time, and then he didn't get divorced until after. But that was a very uh, everyone was like, "We can't wait for them to finally be apart because they do not belong together." The advice Robert gave was. Listen, Karen, sometimes M A double R I A G E doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, listen to my world on ad free shows with Conrad Thompson. Yeah, we're going to do Jeff Jarrett Rose at some point. All right, let's check on Robert for premium live events. And we're talking Shane McMahon. Robert, you have the insider perspective. Here comes the money. It's unemployment. Yes. Here comes the money. Shane God, God. Was- here goes the money. <laughs> there, goes, there goes the money. All right. Shane McMahon was uh, was fired this past week. Uh, apparently Can I get was, a dollar dollar bill, y'all? <laughs> apparently there was some heat uh, for what he did at the Rumble. He got in and kind of put himself over. He obviously eliminated Kevin Owens. He made himself a big deal. I don't know what the real story is. Robert, you have some insight. You work for Look, the, the, the real story is? here is, is Nick Khan's going to prepare for a lawsuit from HBO because they're ripping off Succession. Like, he's full-on Kendall Roy now. Bruce, <laughs> he's, is, Bruce he's, is Jerry, but with bigger tits. 
Yes, Bruce is definitely uh, is definitely Jerry. But at this point, he's got he's the he's the hip hop son who's begging for love from his dad and ultimately winds up getting fired for trying to be his dad and sucking at it. Um, I feel terrible because Shane was always going to be the whipping boy for Vince. It was a tough childhood growing up where Shane tried to be his own man ever since he was in like high school and he got a construction job because he was just like, fuck you, I'm going to be my own, my own man. And you're living in that shadow of Vince. And every time he tries to be Vince, it backfired. And, and I remember when, when I was there and he was running like WWE magazine and we literally stopped the creative meeting because Shane walked in to ask a question and we didn't want him to know what we were discussing. And I'm like, oh it's God. your fucking company. Like, and he was the only down to earth, like super nice guy. He, we, we were, he came for me to the legends of wrestling round table just to participate. He's the guy who was a big ECW fan growing up and tried to integrate that. He was a big MMA fan and tried to push that into the product for years until it became raw underground. And what it sounds like happened here at this rumble is he tries to be Vince. He tries to go in and say, you know, this is my company and this is what I want to see done. And he got a lot of heat for that rumble because he wanted Seth Rollins in there at one point to build a feud with Rollins. Uh, he was trying to angle for, for a story of a feud with Austin Theory. He was trying to make this about him. At one point in the Rumble, he literally beats Matt Riddle in, in fisticuffs when Matt Riddle is a UFC star. So Shane is kind of devoid of, uh, from reality in a lot of ways, but he lost the battle uh, for control with Stephanie and, and Hunter. At one point, we were going to make it a story on television. Uh, that's how uncomfortable, you know, this was in real life. And he went out and left wrestling and, and tried to not embarrass himself anymore and did the deal for Chinese on-demand television and, and make his own legacy and keeps getting sucked back in. And every time he gets sucked back into WWE, it ends badly for him. And this whole rumble thing, he became the scapegoat for the lowest morale if in a very long time in WWE. And I don't think it's all on his shoulders. Was he probably being a dick? Possibly. But the funny thing is if he was passive and if he was nice, Vince wouldn't have respected him. He would have and won the rumble. He would, he, Vince would have been pissed at him. If he just stayed quiet, Vince would have changed the rumble 25 times and Shane would have won. And it would have been great. And he would have danced around and had a heart attack and, and, and he's sweating profusely. Like it's uncomfortable. But now but Shane isn't fired, right? They're just not going to be using him. They, it, nobody seems to know exactly what the situation is. There are some people who are saying he is fired, that he doesn't own stock in the company anymore. Well, I heard and, that. Yeah. And that he's no longer working there, which has happened before where he's left and then winds up coming back, back in some form. I don't know if he'll be back at this point because this was a Vince call. This wasn't Shane getting fed up and just saying, I'm going to go do my own thing for a while. This is Vince throwing Shane out and being like, fuck you, you're gone. And they were going to use Shane. Shane was going to be in the chamber. They moved that from him to Austin Theory and he was going to wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, which as weird as that is, at least it was something high profile for Seth Rollins to do. Well, I think um, they're going to do Seth and Owens versus uh, Randy and Riddle, which, which they, will they, actually they might. probably be match of the night. And, and that'll be fine, but it's just, it's unfortunate and it's uncomfortable because Hunter has already been pushed out for the most part. Like he's, yeah, he's on Robert, the periphery. Can we, can we just, with the succession analogy, I've been holding this in. By all means. He's definitely Tom. <laughs> 
right? Hunter is fucking Tom. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know if Stephanie's Shiv, but he has been Tom the fuck. <laughs> Stephanie's definitely Shiv, the fake liberal who deep down is is desperate to take over the company um, w- without a doubt. And that's it's it writes itself. It's so funny and it's so weird. And that fucked up family dynamic that you kind of have to deal with when, when you're there and when you're not there. And it's yet so another weird embarrassment. Oh, Shane, Shane, of course, Shane's Kendall. Yeah. He's got he's down down to the rapping and uh, the the uh, fake philanthropy and leaving the company for altruistic reasons, only to come back and and weird money in Asia. But, 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 NXT but, is the waiter that uh, that drowned. <laughs> <laughs> hunter hunter has definitely you know kissed someone with uh, his own jizz on their lips uh, it's probably uh rhea ripley or sean may have been sean <laughs> yeah this whole thing is just this whole thing is weird and now everyone's like oh we want to see shane show up in aew shane's not showing up in aew uh he might show up in aew um, I don't even know if they'll no let him way. jump off something tall. He'll show Dude, up. If he ever wants to feel like a man, all he has to do is have uh, brunch with Tony Khan. So I, I think, I think this is, I think this is partially baloney. I think some of it is also Shane really looked like shit on Saturday. He looked bad. He was blown up as he was running out. It was here comes the, yeah, could this be a sweating. swerve? Could this be like a McMahon family swerve thing? He just looked like shit. I know they had plans for him for Chamber and for Mania. I think they saw him like that, and they were like, we can't do shit with this guy. The reason I know this is not a McMahon family swerve is because anytime they do something like this that affects the business and it's a storyline, it impacts the stock. I remember when Vince's limo blew up and the stock took a hit and Trump thought it was real. So you can't do that kind of stuff with with them and and make it seem like it's uh, it's real and it's a it's a swerve, bro. Like you don't get any money off of this. If it was a public on TV angle, sure. But no, this was they they got rid of Shane and they were trying to be like, yeah, he's the reason the men's rumble sucked. He's the reason why Big E's not getting pushed and why Ricochet got (laughs) eliminated and Montez Ford got eliminated and nobody's. It was a little scapegoating, yeah. Oh, he's dude! I heard it was all Brock and Vince. I heard Brock was Brock was like saying yes and no to everything. It basically all had to go through Brock, you know. Which was how Brock was two years ago at the Rumble when they put it together. He's like, "You want me to eliminate fifteen guys in a row?" Sure. I, I I don't even mind it. It's just like just let them do something to someone before you do it to that. Like, it's just Riddle didn't even have a real shining moment. Orton didn't have a shining moment. Everybody, yes. everybody in the Rumble, sorry to go back to it, but it was like, it would be, they enter, they do three moves, someone else comes out. They enter, they do three moves, someone else comes out. Let, 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 let's be honest. If Shane and Austin Theory had a Mania ladder match with the egg and the egg had Vince's love in it and they had to fight for it, that would rule. That like, would rule. It would also be I, a shoot. I but I genuinely was like, why is Shane here? But and then when someone mentioned, oh, him and Theory might wrestle, I was like, oh, that's actually not a bad undercard for one of the two nights. I mean, that's the thing we have to think planning this mania. There's two fucking nights. They need double yeah. the content. They need eight matches a night. Like when you're saying like you know Seth and Owens and and Riddle and Orton, like can they afford that? <laughs> <laughs> I think they can, but you're right. I mean, there's definitely going to be a balancing act. 
For sure. Um, number seven, show and hell. We're going to stay on mic for this in honor of the new WWE 2K coming out. Uh, what's first? Uh, uh, I watched this segment and it was, is that Evil Uno in that segment? Is yeah, that a yeah. center? Oh, it is. Oh my God, I had no idea. I was the man, like, the man that you beat to show that you're serious again. Yes. Well, this was really fun. This was a a much svelter Evil Uno. Uh, if you haven't seen it. He uh, gets the uh, pause, you know, they, they press pause on him and he actually pauses. He essentially has the video game shit on his leg. Mike, would you rather see this than the evil Uno that AEW is presenting? Yeah, yeah this was fun. I mean, I, I just, yeah, watching him in like 10 minute matches on Rampage, I just don't, I don't care. Um, and, uh, but this like, you know, so many of these, like, I think this was Chikara, right? Like, yeah. so many of these Chikara yeah. clips were then used as, like, the, look what's killing wrestling. But it's also, it's like, that's what that show is. Like, you go in knowing that, and look, a lot of successes came out of that company because it's just fun. It doesn't take itself seriously. I, yeah, I did it's a... Dumb. It's like saying Weird Al is ruining music. It's it's a dumb analogy. Yeah, because it's... I mean, it's also... It's like, yeah, the customer goes wanting that. And it's, you know, like... There's so many of those, like the grenade or the snake thing. Like, all these clips... They feel like they end up getting shared around at some point And most feel like they're from Shikara. But, like... I, I, you know, especially like, look, do I want to watch a 20 minute match where this is then a part of it? Probably not. But as a one minute thing on YouTube, this is fucking fun. And uh, it's also like Evil Uno is a legit, you know, video game nerd. Like that's, that's who he is. And that's his personality. And it, and it shines through in this. I just don't ever want to see him as, you know, a member of a, of a cult that isn't a cult anymore. Scott, what do you think of this clip? Yeah, I absolutely love this. I like comedy wrestling when it's done really well. Yeah, this um, is done really well. And yeah, I mean, this is like vaudeville shit. This is something that would be in a silent movie and you'd go, oh my God, that's so great. It's it's just like classic, fun, good shit, uh, very physical comedy and, and smart. It's it, yeah, it's just like well played, very, very well played. It's, it's those things you see like a street performer where you go, God damn, that's a talent, you know, like you don't deserve a bunch of money for it, but you do deserve credit. You still belong on the street, but wow. <laughs> you know? I feel like you, you told us that you like threw uh, a gold Dublin from your, no, from you your know? carriage. Yeah, it's like you when you when you go on the, the subway and the, and the kids do like the, the dancing routine. And they do like the same three moves, and you're like, you're really good at this. Can you do anything else? Like, not really. I'm like, well, oh yeah, it's like this. Yeah, a guy swallows a cigarette and then like coughs it up, and it's still lit. And you're like, amazing. But it's like, you don't, you shouldn't have a house though. <laughs> you should not be allowed to have a house. <laughs> uh, Robert, what do you think of this clip? <laughs> this is what killed Jim Cornette. Um, the, the thing with Chikara, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Robert, it wasn't all the cheeseburgers. It wasn't all the, yes, the, the, the Wendy's double cheeseburgers. Like, yes, I, I, I knew about player Uno and player oh, dose. Damn it. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Yeah. The dogs are on my side. They're excited. Uh, I knew about player Uno and player dose before it was evil Uno and Stu Grayson. And I love the fact that their characters evolved into this evil thing and he just stuck with it. That's kind of, I, I like that level of weird continuity, but the, the challenge with Chikara or the issue with it is 
the audience that's going to see those sorts of things at the time didn't realize it wasn't a real wrestling show. So you see it and they're like, well, you're killing the business, quote unquote, or you're exposing it because it is so over the top. If this was playing to, if this was in like a, a to a UCB audience or something like that, or you know you're going to see a comedy show that's about wrestling, they're going to love it. But when you advertise yourself as a as a pro wrestling show and they had a legit roster, you had like Cesaro on that roster, and then you're doing this stuff where the guy's playing, you know, pushing buttons on someone's leg like he's a video game character. Yes, it's, it's waving a big flag that this is all fake and it's all a show. And in 2022, that's fine and people get it. But back then, there were people who were upset because you're like, well, I have to go run this town next month in some, you know, Jonesboro, Arkansas, wherever the fuck they are. And people are not going to take it seriously because you guys are making this look dumb. And that's why guys like Cornette get so bent out of shape because he's worried about protecting these small towns that that didn't fucking matter anymore. Okay, we have we have breaking news, guys. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. WWE released its financial report. Yeah. The most profitable year in the company's history. In terms of annual revenue, the company brought in $1.095 billion. Yeah, <laughs> and I just came. So that Braun, was great. Braun Strowman is like, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. And dude. they're still, dude, apparently the update is they're still not granting Ali his release. And their explanation is uh, value. Yes. Something, yeah. Well, th- but they shouldn't well, release him if that's what they're, you know, if, they're, if their concern is that he's going to go to AEW. It was a guy in the front row with a free Ali shirt, I think. They should let the guy go and be done with this nonsense. But they're they're hoarding him and keeping him held back so that uh, he can't go help the competition. But they they are going to be insanely profitable. It goes back to what I said before, Mike. They don't give a fuck about what we think. They're making money hand over fist right now. And the only reason they ever pivot is when they're not. The only reason we got an attitude era is because they weren't drawing anything in 1995. Number eight. High spot, low spot. We'll stick on Robert. Let's do our high spot and low spot. Robert. High spot know? was uh, at the Jackass movie premiere. Sami oh, Zayn awesome. showed up and, oh, and got ejected. It was so fantastic. He's getting interviewed by Entertainment Tonight. Johnny Knoxville and his guys haven't thrown out. It's the best use of you know celebrity integration. It's getting Sami Zayn over where Knoxville mentions him by name when he's on Stern and when he was on Jimmy Kimmel. And that's what you want from celebrity involvement. And when WWE does it well, they do it really, really well. And that little vignette was was a blast. My low spot, it was a slam dunk. It was Brian Kendrick. Um, I loved working with Brian Kendrick when I was there. He was one of the guys I just enjoyed sitting and talking with. And I always thought highly of him and didn't realize how much of a fucking lunatic nut job he was across the board. And uh, he's he's canceled forever in wrestling, which means we'll see him in six months. <laughs> would, yeah, would you, but Robert, uh, if if we asked him, would he say that you're one of the good ones? <laughs> yes, uh, and now that makes sense. And he kept giving me quarters, and I never knew why. <laughs> was there was there any not of just like because I have always known he was like a conspiracy theory guy, but was did he ever talk about any of this type of thing? Did he ever what, Mike? I'm sorry. Did he ever talk about any of this type of stuff? No, he it was just normal goofy stuff it's like i'd rather sit and talk to him than hardcore holly 
So it was a it was a better option, and uh, and and now in hindsight, I was better off just talking to JBL well, and getting the anti-Semitism right in the face. Hardcore Holly, you know he he's known for his progressive beliefs. The the only thing that I will say is that like there's so much fucking misinformation out there now. Like when you look at the insurrection, when you look at like some of the things that are happening online and shit like that, it's actually kind of scary. You know, like these people that are you know, normally fine people, they're just getting fed fucking lies. And because of that, we're like growing up in this Orwellian dystopia. Um, very scary. Yeah, I agree. It's horseshit. Also, also, this was like 11 years ago. This um, was 11 years ago. It isn't something that he's saying all the time. I mean, I'm sure we would know that at least. Yes, it's wrong and fucked. But and yes, he should have been taken off the show last night because, you know, this comes up last night and and people go, well, that's bad. So you have to go, no, you don't get to be on the show tonight. And I get that. But in like a month or two, he should be allowed to wrestle again. He shouldn't be fucking unable to work because he's a he's a dumb fuck, you know? Scott, Scott, how would you feel if Spanky wanted to kill your family? <laughs> he didn't say anything about killing your family. The, the only thing that I get concerned about is that like when you throw people off Twitter and when you throw people off Facebook, they don't go away. They no. go to like another Twitter and like, you know, they go to another Facebook. And because of that, you have like rising tribes within America. And the end game of that is civil war, right? There's no other end game in that scenario endgame was a better movie than civil war but they're both very good <laughs> no we're, we're the, the percentage of lazy people uh it, it far outweigh the people who would be physically willing to go to war it's ne- civil war has yes, never happened pretty, no. pretty pretty you don't have a lot of cardio to use an ar-15 man you know i do say let him apo- you know let him apologize see he did uh, yeah he did he apologized, yeah, he apologized. Said what he said was stupid i think it just it bums me out because i feel like Yes, he's apologizing because it came to light, not because he suddenly realized, oh, I was probably wrong to say that Sandy Hook didn't happen and that this they were all crisis actors. Uh, not, a, not a great thing to come back from. Well, it's tough because it's like, you look at like Whoopi Goldberg, and whoever thought, you know, Brian Kendrick and Whoopi Goldberg would be in the same conversation. But it's like, you know, she said this one thing and she apologized about it immediately. It's like, this guy said a lot of <laughs> <laughs> a few different apologies. Uh, that Sabu thing that Robert sent was so fucking funny. Yes, the fact that Sabu tweeted, it's like, what did he say? And then he wrote, oh shit, after he saw it. Also, who who's taking your history perspective advice from Brian Kendrick? Like, what was the end goal of this I'm, interview? I'm not talking about Brian Kendrick. I'm talking about the shit that Brian Kendrick read. I'm talking about... Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying, but for him to be like... I need to sit down and have an interview about this. And like, I'm going to change people's minds because I was one half of the WWE tag champions in 2005. There's a yeah. great well, well, that's the other part of it. I think it's like loopy loser shit. And I don't think they, they ex- really expect it to be out there in the world. They're just like, oh yeah, I'll do this for the people who believe in this. And like reading these reddits, like it's just like fandom. A lot of this is fandom. And so when they get caught and they're like, oh shit, no, I'm role-playing being a fucking loser who believes in bullshit. <laughs> Like, no one actually believes in this shit, you know? It's meanwhile, the I mean, there are oh. people who believe in that shit. Sure, I mean, like, sure, sure. There's yeah, this documentary. Mean, mean, meanwhile, at the Museum of Tolerance, Paul London <laughs> just finished an eight-hour volunteer shift. At the, uh, there was like, yeah, it's so funny that Paul London was known as the problem. Um, but there is this documentary where it's this, like, Holocaust denier. And he's like, yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And then they just, like, took him to the concentration camps. And he's like, 
Oh shit! I yeah, I guess it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, they're literally like two sentences away from going. Oh, not all of them, obviously, but some of them, and I think maybe Brian Kendrick falls under that. Just uh, because, again, the only shit I've seen is from eleven years ago, two thousand thirteen or something. Yeah, that's enough. I mean, I mean we ben, did ben know the Holocaust happened in 2013. People. We did know it happened. I used to, I, I tried doing a bit and it never worked of like Holocaust deniers are actually more Semitic because they believe there's 6 million more Jews out there. <laughs> 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 uh, Amazing. Uh, Mike, what's your high spot, low spot of the week? Um, my, my high spot, um, I'm going to say, yeah, this MJF, punk match i mean look man they built this thing over two months and they gave you like a fucking meal you know um that felt like a real yeah, a lot of times dynamite has a match that goes on last this felt like a main event it felt special it was cool i mean how crazy is it that there's like a company where their tv matches are longer than their pay-per-view matches <laughs> but uh this was yeah this was fantastic and i mean obvious uh, low spot has got to be the rumble i mean it 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 like it feels like disowning a family member not liking a royal rumble it's because like it's one it's one of the things i had and i don't have it anymore i don't know vince disowned a family member he's doing fine also we we know uh which which jewish person on the podcast takes their judaism more seriously <laughs> your low spot it was like definitely the rumble stool <laughs> well, we, we yeah. well he was upset because there was no goldberg <laughs> we picked we, we we picked different low spots, man. I'm also upset about the Kendrick thing <laughs> because I had to watch a Wheeler Uta match. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Scott, what's your high spot low spot of the week? By the way, everyone on Wrestle Roast believed the Holocaust happened, just to get that out there. Scott, yeah, you just lost to some fucking Patreons, you yeah, know, we just did. <laughs> we, yes, all, all four of us believe it happened. Three of us think it shouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> you can figure out who it is. Uh, Scott. I feel like that Zach's just sitting there like, all right, yeah, Zach, wash like, your hands, not take a shower. We're going to be fine. You need to wash their hands. Scott, <laughs> Scott if, if, you, if you guess the member that wish it happened, you get a free T-shirt. <laughs> Man, I'm, I, I, I hate that we can't have the same high spots, but that CM Punk MJF match, man. Yeah, well, you can have the same I high felt spots. Where's this so rule, cozy Scott? in it. I don't know. I invented it in my head, you know. It, it, I felt so cozy in it. And CM Punk, man, this return, it's not just a great return. It's he's having some of the best pro wrestling matches that we're getting in 2021 and 2022. You know, that Eddie Kingston match was phenomenal. That was one of the year, you know, last year's. Yeah. Best. I, I actually like that better than the MJF matches. And, 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 and I, I mean, this year, matches. as of now, again, it's only February 3rd, you know, but wow, what an amazing more than more than a match. And it wasn't amazing match. It was just such a cool moment and something that, you know, we get to reference throughout the history of AEW, which is, you know, However, how long? Yeah, Robert, yeah, so that's we my get to, for sure. Robert, we get to make up the rules. That's why some people just get in the elimination chamber and some people have to qualify for it. They just no, I can justify those. I can justify like, it. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, of course, gets to be in it. He was screwed out of his title, so he gets to be in it. And Seth Rollins was screwed out of his championship, and he's on Raw. He's not even on SmackDown. Scott just well, defended the, Raw. What the now? Fuck why is going did he on? fight the SmackDown champion? I don't know, but he's on Raw, so this makes sense. The other thing didn't. My well, low spot, 
hot. Oh gosh, hold on. Let me refresh Twitter. Oh, my other high spot is like Keith Lee is finally a free agent, and on Sunday Samoa Joe's a free agent. So now we could all fantasy book uh, exciting things. My low spot is yeah, I don't know. I can make up a thing like oh the high they WWE is getting paid so much, but they fired so many. That's my low spot. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the Brandy promo wasn't long enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You know what? Yeah, that Brandy hey, promo. Brandy. Get it out of here. But it's a high spot for our show. I'm very divided. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, well, it's very QT-esque, you know? It has that QT quality. You want to put mayonnaise on it and drink some milk. Yes, Brandy <laughs> is the new QT. We only pick people Cody fucks. <laughs> 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 All right, number eight, high spot, low spot for May. High spot. I should have said this last week, but the people who reached out to me when I was when I was gone for two weeks, uh, I really appreciate all the all the warm witches. I was I was genuinely touched. Uh, a low spot. I, I think this kind of snuck under the radar for my other three co-hosts, but I'll, I'll bring it up. There is now a professional pillow fighting league in Florida. Uh, oh, I'm talking judges. About right. <laughs> I'm talking like it's it's like for real. I just. My low spot is that is like, do, can we just like leave some things for kids? Like, do we have to like, like infantilize our entire adult population? Dan, um, Dan we we just got a phone call from Jerry Lawler. Um, <laughs> no, no, um, they do not need a commentator. And yes, yeah. there are age restrictions. Sorry, go on. Yes, pillow fights belong in WrestleMania matches only. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just weird. It's a shoot. These are shoot pillow fights, which. I mean, I think really want to shoot, like these guys are pissed off and dedicated. I don't know, man. I just think this all leads to like gladiator shit eventually. It's just gonna be like alligators going against the catch me outside. Oh girl. yeah, did you yeah. see the new uh, Gordon Ramsay show? It's like a, it's like, it's like a South Park prediction of how reality shows become, where yes. it's like five floors of different kitchen, where it's like the lower floor has less ingredients. He's like, it would suck to be there, and then, but, and then you're just like. But there's no story. It's just five floors. The only thing you want to see, you want to see a Gordon Ramsay take that bump off the fifth floor the whole yeah. time I'm watching that show. Well, you want you want to see them cook the losers. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, That's we, we're like we've become vampires and we, we crave more. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's. It, I mean we just talked about you know like I mean like you know there there's no there there are no signs pointing to civilization ending up okay like right now i don't know anyway that's another podcast folks let's talk about find out the winner of the elimination chamber (laughs) yeah let's move on to more important things and that's next week's roast of greg the hammer valentine i'm also i don't have it on me but we're going to go through all the episodes up through wrestlemania season so you know what's coming we're doing the roast of tommy dreamer for patreon this week um i'm going to be watching rampage and smackdown so i'll also cover that on the show uh, robert and i for something to sports entertainment with we'll be doing the smack second smackdown which is technically the first smackdown uh that was the rock versus triple h with Shawn michaels as, as guest referee wait so why is tri- it technically the first smackdown because the first one was a pilot so they don't i mean there's like a weird it, it's they have a pilot smackdown how's that possible? they did a one-off special where it was just it was smackdown it was them testing what was going to happen and they and basically they gave you the biggest match they possibly could which was undertaker and triple h versus the rock and steve austin and they wow. formed the corporate ministry on that show and uh show. yes and and they formed the union stable so very memorable i mean to think that we went there and now we have stars like 
Ridge Holland, and <laughs> Mad, Mad Cat, Cat Moss. <laughs> Mad Cat Moss, he is yoked. Um, oh, did yeah. I do the Twitter question? Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. Uh, let's check in with the Twitterverse. What do we got, We weren't Mike? going long enough. No, we weren't. I'm joking. I mean, look, Dude, the Twitter question is always like, it's like, oh, yeah, you can come too, man. Like, he's always like, we all got in the car and we're ready to go. Like, we didn't even make a spot in the eight count. We couldn't yeah, we'll make, make it like a 10 for count. You, man. God damn it, Twitter question. Listen, listen, do I want to do these every week? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Do I know that not reading them might cause a suicide? Yes. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, they are I asked, what was a way to make the uh, men's rumble match better? Um, so at, uh, <laughs> no one wrote anything. Uh, don't worry. Uh, at 655321King, it could have improved if Kofi retroactively stole Neville's man that gravity forgot moniker. That way, he might have not screwed up his crowd barrier spot. <laughs> At Dan Bean Sports, Omos and the Great Khali face off, turning the Royal Rumble into the Giant Gonzalez Memorial Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> At Belly Float, if Brock Lesnar also dressed as Sailor Moon. <laughs> At Lucha Safety Bros, Jimmy Uso enters the Rumble by crashing his car through the entrance and into the ring, killing Bobby Roode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so once again uh not convicted uh, at big red 10125 adam cole walks through the forbidden door only to have Corey graves mistake him for wee man from jackass <laughs> at scott ferry reenact the 92 rumble match but with Kali as brick flair and the commentary is just pre-recorded audio of Kali doing all of bobby heenan's lines <laughs> at uh Hey Nong Man, acknowledge there is only one true wrestling god and have the number 31 for QT Marshall. And finally, at Ace Santos 3421, send Hook and his jizz, according to Scott. Woof, woof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're never gonna, then we reached the apex in that show, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, folks. Um, <laughs> yes, we will be, uh, we'll be back next week, wrestling Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, follow the show on Instagram. Join our Facebook group. It's real, really popping off over there. Uh, I don't think there's an impact thread discussion tonight, but someone may, may start. Oh, well, this is coming out Friday. So maybe. Hey, I'll they're not that big of losers. Yeah, SmackDown Rampage <laughs> thread. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be back doing stand up this weekend, which I haven't done stand up since June. So that'll be interesting. Uh, what a my... great way to advertise it's, yourself! It's going to be yeah. like a Shane McMahon Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be blown up after the first punchline. Hey, uh, if you guys yeah, want to see a sad bunny, please come to the following comedy club. If you want to see a guy who's not getting the writing work he wants right now, see me a good for you on Saturday night. Uh, hey, hey, Shane McMahon is also not getting the writing work he wants. Uh, no, that's true. Uh, Mike, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, man, the Facebook uh, thread. I, I love talking to the people there. Uh, I mean, this was this was amazing. This was a record. We had over three hundred and fifty comments. During I saw the that. That made me so happy. I read yeah, all the comments. The, by the way, here's the amazing Most thing: during the Rumble, and no one was mean to each other. So holy shit! Oh wait, during the Rumble, no, I saw AW Dynamite last night had three hundred something. Oh, also, yeah, but the Rumble had even more. Oh wow! Hey, okay. tell your friends about us, folks. Yeah, Raw the, twelve. 
but for yeah, live shows, about right. <laughs> but yeah, but for live shows, uh, if you're watching alone, which you probably are, we usually do. Um, go on the Facebook thread, and you know it's it's a way to get through. Uh, you know those wonderful, wonderful Wheeler Uta matches. Robert, <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWE Creative <laughs> underscore ish. Um, yeah, we'll be roasting Tommy Dreamer this weekend, so that'll be uh, that'll be a real treat for me. And then I'll be back next week for something of sports entertainment with covering Raw, possibly with Dan, or possibly uh, you know. I did cover Raw this week. No, next week for something of sports, I will be covering. Um, I believe I'm going to be covering the Saudi show. So. Are you going to talk about why there's a Christmas tree behind you? Because that would be the most fascinating part of this whole thing. <laughs> Holy the, shit! Like, two hours and 40 is. minutes into this, and I just realized now there's a Christmas tree behind you, and it's February. <laughs> the family whose house I broke into. Actually, no, I'll be doing – we'll be doing something next week, probably the third SmackDown. We'll be doing something to sports entertainment with. It's going to be probably great the, no matter the, what the it second is. Second or third SmackDown, depending on how we're coming. We'll just say third SmackDown. Oh, oh no, a, a belated know, happy Groundhog Day to all who celebrate. Yeah, if yeah, Dan sees birthday. a if Dan sees a groundhog, he just makes it watch impact with him. Hey Mike, do the 2K games, can you play them live? Yeah, like you mean like like against other people online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should if if I get one of these games, we should play people if they get them. Nah, we'll do that for the AEW. We got to do game, right? I mean, we're going to do it, but we're definitely going to do a watch along episode for Patreon um hey man on facebook like why don't you guys just tell us like what different shows you want us to cover uh because there's so goddamn many of them so we're like kramer with movie phone why don't you just tell me the segment you want us to do (laughs) yeah we got some some people wanted us to watch uh the first few uh seasons of lucha underground oh i'll do that i've never seen i think that'd be fun where do we get those hulu i think it's on tubi oh god welcome to advertise on our show anytime you want we will take it they have commercials that's the only thing um oh man i can reach out to uh dj see if he wants to talk about what went horribly wrong with his show nice or we can get joey ryan he was on those and he's he's a he's got nothing else to do and according to scott we can forgive him Hanging out with Brian Kendrick and Whoopi Goldberg at the Waffle House, right? <laughs> we can we can watch Prince Puma matches and be like, "Wow, that guy's gonna have a great WWE career." Guys, guys, guys! Breaking news! Oh fuck! Goldberg is set for a WWE return. Oh, he's gonna fight Roman. At, I guarantee you, he fights Roman. Take oh, that, Kendrick! Yeah. Wow, here he's we go. Never, Roman never have I wanted to say, "Hey, Zach, do you have anything to say?" <laughs> Zach, yeah, got anything? Oh, wait, wow. where's Scott? Oh shit! I'm sorry, Zach. I stepped all over you. Scott, did you did you have you, you did you advertise your Twitter and shit? And uh, Scott Chaplin underscore or Scott underscore Scott underscore Chaplin. Even I know. Yeah. At this point. Scott underscore Chaplin on the things, and uh, you know what else? Wrestle roasts. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. You go on that. You buy our shit. There's a sale going on right now. Oh, right. Having... Reviews on the iTunes. Do oh, reviews yeah. on iTunes. Yes. Yeah, I would we like want to get back to five. We're at 4.7, folks. Wow. Why? Why? Because someone was mad that we made a Holocaust joke before. So is this? No, that's true. You're right. They gave us one true. star, which is which but, is ironic. One star. How dare you? Yes. One which is yellow... we give us one yes. yellow star. We already <laughs> joke about one fake thing, and then we make a joke about another fake thing, and someone gets angry. <laughs> well, Rob, Robert, we ended with announcing Goldberg's return. We're okay. We're okay. <laughs> 
All right. Um, Zach. Folks, Zach. Wash your hands. Yeah. See you next week, folks.